0: WWF Raw, Monday Night Raw, we're gonna be doing August 2nd, 1993, from the, from the Castle Recreation Center in Alexandria Bay, New York, Upstate, baby, uh, and by God is it Upstate, because you can tell all the hillbillies from New York up there,
1: (laughs) damn Yankee bumpkins,
0: yeah, uh, we got hosts Vinnie Mack and Bobby Heenan, uh, they play the doink the clown calling out Macho Man and stuff, and be like, "You're not going to see double vision. You can see triple vision." And he starts laughing and stuff. Uh,
2: Three, two other doinks.
0: Yes, and um, then you get the uh, interview of Savage getting fucking pumped in his little Captain America gear that he has going on, kind of, uh, and. He tells us that he has a surprise for Doink, and boy, oh boy, do I have a lot to say about his dumb fucking surprise! Uh, but I'll <laughs> I'll save that for later. Uh, so, uh, you guys have anything you want to say before we get into Steiner Brothers versus uh, Gilbert and Barry Horowitz?
2: Um, it's just going to be Vince and Bobby on commentary for the show because because of of Randall Savage preparing for a match been having a match he never gets back on commentary until the next episode
0: i bet yeah. you he was ecstatic. static <laughs> he's like i get to wrestle and not be on commentary
2: yeah because he he really wanted to keep wrestling around this time mm. he kept, just didn't want i don't understand that but the, it's one of the several things this man's done in his career that is hard to explain or is hard to understand
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um yeah, we got Steiner Brothers versus Dwayne Gill and Barry Horowitz. And I see where Choppa got his patting himself on the bat gimmick from. It's from Barry Horowitz. <laughs> <laughs> he even had to be made part of his fucking gear. <laughs> I was supposed to Gilbert and Badass Barry. Badass Barry. <laughs> there's, there's not a lot to say about this because Scott Rick just beat the brakes off these guys. <laughs> They hit their signature moves like Scott fucking the, the pump handles, suplex shit, and the fucking belly belly. And then Rick comes in and barks like a dog, roo, 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 and he fucking Steiner lines the shit out of I think it was Barry Horowitz. Yes. God. It's a great clothesline.
0: Uh, uh, I want to bring up Vince during the match was talking about uh the Steiners have issued a open contract to defend their titles at SummerSlam. So a little. Little story building for Summerslam during this match.
2: Oh, I didn't catch that um, <sighs> match was going
1: on. Yeah, now that I know now, that actually makes a lot of sense. It does make you question, like, given how the layout of the show works. That'd be my only qualm is why, why do you have this match first, and not in the place of the Mr. Perfect match, given who what happens later in the segment we, who shows up We've been
0: talking uh, about this all year. Always the first match is the the main eventer and then the last match is just a fucking shit squash yeah, match.
1: Yeah, it's always a throwaway like blah. yeah, I don't yeah. I don't get what their what their direction with that. I'm assuming it the direction is is they're trying to get people to stay, like keep their eyes on the television to wait for something. Mm-hmm. It, that was like the idea, which is fine I guess for the like the way the show is being produced, but if that's the case, then why not have uh, old, old tennis racket come out right after this match happens instead of waiting at the end. Uh, I don't know. It's, again, that's that's a minor
3: gripe. Well,
0: he's a, he, a he's a heel. He probably doesn't want the Steiners, uh, especially Scott Steiner, who just fucking Frankensteiners people deadly uh, right after that match. So, like, I I kind of get it. One, um, you want to have that surprise near. I guess that's kind of the big surprise near the end, a little bit where we'll get into it uh, down the road. Uh, because that's when Bobby Heenan starts to come all over the fucking
2: ring. Uh <laughs> you know <what> that is? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to
1: talk about it.
3: Yeah,
2: we'll get there. Uh this is my favorite part of this whole thing though was when Scott hit the fucking Frankensteiner on Dwayne Gill and he just died. <laughs> and then like Rick Rick came into the ring like he was ready to intercept Barry Horowitz for the pin. Barry Horowitz just jumped off the apron and started walking to the back. He said, Fuck it, I'm done. Before was <laughs>
3: <call is> over. <laughs> uh,
1: I wrote down in my comments for this match uh, Scott Scott concusses Gilbert with a Frankensteiner, makes him look like Bill after he headbutts a door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he fucking knocked his ass out. It was great.
2: Oh, it was good. The squash show.
0: Yep. Yeah, squash. Squash arena. Um, um, yeah. Dub,
2: you talk about this? this fucking interview
0: <laughs> i just want to tell you guys when you're having like edible gummies and then watching this fucking interview and i ke- <laughs> that's why you don't do drugs kids <laughs> and, and i kept on going like why are they zooming on his mouth like it, like every time he th- said like school or like you know uh accomplishments and stuff like they would zoom in and onto his mouth and like <laughs> and like it got grayed out and stuff. Like I understand that's the '90s. That's what they did with all the wacky edits and shit. But then it'd be like,
1: so next time he talks, he's he's going to do an interview and talk about, yeah, my dad loved me, but he was a musician and he always wanted me to get good grades and be well rounded. Look at how I talk, I, and I love I love tennis, but I'm also an athlete, but I'm smart like a scientist.
0: You're giving me PTSD right now,
2: uh, <laughs> and there needs to be like a fade in of you looking off to the side, like like you're like that picture of like uh, Will Ferrell. It's like a oh, 90s, yeah, like thing. the
1: the meme things where the guys like. Uh, uh... Oh, what what, what they used to the There was the karate
2: too? He was like, a, I'm a badass. He's got like the big Jim Cornette glasses, and he's in a karate gi, and he's fucking.
1: Yeah, big. that's what I'm thinking about. But it's always like he had an like over the top thing. It was like he he ended my um he ended my chess match, so I ended his life or some nonsense like yeah. shit yeah. like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly they it.
2: You did that like, Luger in this though too?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is, it was very cringy. I do agree. I think
2: about that, that, like, when you were talking about the whole, this is, like, weird MK Ultra shit.
3: Yeah.
2: Like, I was watching, I was having, like, similar thoughts of what you were just saying. I have no edibles. I, I was completely sober. I just had a little bit of caffeine. I, think. Mm. I was watching, Weird. and I'm like, why the fuck does it keep cutting in on his mouth? But I wasn't thinking about, like, when they were cutting in on his mouth. What do you say when you're talking about school accomplishments?
0: Yeah, eating healthy and all that stuff. And I'm like...
2: Well, this is the next level of Hulk Hogan promo. It's like <laughs> even your your psychology on, like, a subliminal level. Yeah,
1: have you ever worried that you might be a sleeper? Have you, ever, have you ever worried, like, that Like someone will say, like, a set of, I, like, six words together? And I lost 12 hours. Everyone? I don't know what
0: happened. <laughs> <Man>. you, <laughs> woke the,
1: you woke up in the middle of, like, a, a fountain naked.
0: I woke up in Ukraine. I took out fucking 70 Russians. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but like, listen, I understand what they're doing. Um, I think the editing, editing was kind of weird, but I guess they were trying to show like the, you know, the American, you know, trying to be the best in in a sense. Uh, but I, I was so childish because the interview was like dead silent in the room. Like you could hear the, the buzz of the air, air condition going off and I just going somebody fart. Somebody fart right now. I want to hear a fart. <laughs>
2: it didn't come off at all like a WWF interview, like even a serious one. It came off like he was on Charlie Rose, like on fucking PBS. Or some it, shit. it was like yeah.
0: C-SPAN. Like it was a C-SPAN interview or something.
2: Like, yeah. what the fuck? And like, I'll say this too. it's uh, I do want to note that uh, I think for some of this, Lex is being like real Cause it sounds like something Vince would tell him to do. He's like I'll oh, talk about your life a little bit, you know, whatever. And I say that because uh, there's a, a spot where he's referring to himself being introverted and people mistaking that for being arrogant. I absolutely believe that's true because I've heard a lot of people talk about Lex before. And like when he was like starting out in the business and it was like, Lex, just he's not a good baby face because naturally he's just kind of a standoffish guy anyway. Mm-hmm. So I guess, some of that that whole thing about him being introverted he's like it's not because i'm an asshole it's just i don't i don't know i'm just introverted and people were like what's that because it was the early 90s <laughs> yeah it, it,
1: it is it's kind of it's kind of weird because that's totally a thing like um per, you know like your personality could re- be reflected the wrong way when you're making a first impression
3: like yeah. that
1: just, that happens in that's life me so. Yeah, no, I, I totally, like, people say that a lot about me, and, and uh, I, I had that problem a lot with, like, a job where people like, man, he's an asshole. And what secret is, is I actually am an asshole, but not at work. But what they think of me as an asshole is the, like, I'm sarcastic. It's so, like, if you have dry humor, or you're, you're a sarcastic person, and people don't know that, then it comes off a different way. But then people get to know you, and it's fine. I, I So I, I wonder, too, like, it's kind of sad, because there was, like, that kernel of truth in this promo, but this this promo is like the wrestling promo equivalent of waterboarding. I don't mean that in like a like it was bad or torture. I mean in the sense of like it's the way it was laid out. It looks really weird. He looks uncomfortable trying to give it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it. Oh. It looks very pressured and like it looks like it hurts.
0: Maybe when uh, he was delivering the lines, like his eyes weren't fucking like lining up. Like he didn't make it genuine, so they just mo- fucking zoomed on his mouth. <laughs> Like, hey, say that you're not arrogant and you're like, uh, you're shy and stuff. I'm arrogant and I'm shy. And you're like, oh man, we got to go right into your fucking mouth. You look stupid. <laughs> I, have a,
1: I have a feeling that Vince had already got given up, and Vince tells him to zoom in, and Vince is like, get on his mouth. And then Vince is like whispering shit to the cameraman while he's like filming it. And he's like, how many salads do you think he's tossed with those smackers? <laughs> and and trying to like keep the guy like you try to get the guy a corpse and like shake the camera and shit and he won't do it I, I, like I think they at this point I don't know if this is the turning point of when people gave up on this gimmick or not but I think we're getting there because it was already starting to get a little stale like they they hit like a, some momentum there right when the less Lex Express stuff started and then it just like hasn't gone anywhere
2: I know where they give up oh they yeah. give up SummerSlam well
1: yeah but I'm saying like do you feel like this that's the actual like turning point but. Like I mean hindsight's twenty twenty, but I think right now right. it's kinda like maybe this is where it's finally like, oh, uh, we kind of well, smell the shit it's coming
2: well, I think I don't know because given the reactions to whenever Lex does something, while, this is going on, he is over with the crowd right now, despite this weird fucking interview. People seem to like the lex express people like the the shit where he body slammed him on the aircraft carrier,
0: and we're fighting with Japan yeah when
2: he comes out to make a save, or when he comes out for the contract signing on the next episode, people react really positively to him. I think it's just the the match itself the what happens killed it for everybody. Uh, I suppose, yeah because I'm seeing that now because uh, yeah, I always knew what happened, and then I went and watched the match back you know, in high retrospect, like a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And, man, that sucked, mm-hmm. but like now I'm actually seeing the TV. I'm like, he was over. It makes me think, what the fuck was Vince thinking with that finish? I don't understand. Like, he basically killed him with that finish. But That's
1: kind of my thing, though, is like, this interview kind of is almost foreshadowing for that. Like, I'm already thinking yeah. that same thing. What the fuck's Vince thinking with this interview as how this is going to continue to keep his baby face over?
2: Yeah, like, it's not helping him, but it's it's not, yeah, it's not like it's like a crack in the dam, so to speak. It's like, oh. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's, it's, it's a crack in the foundation before things to come. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: but then we got Adam Bomb Johnny Polo and against Tony Roy. And I, I called Tony – I said Tony Roy has pube head and uh, <laughs> his hair sucks. He needs to shave it or some shit. I'm just saying.
1: No, he's got jobber hair. That's good jobber
2: hair. <laughs> <laughs> also, I popped when it showed various kids from the crowd reacting to Adam Bomb coming out. And it showed one with glasses. And he went, hey, Backlund got glasses. And the Vince was like, what? <laughs> He's like, look right there. He's like, I'll stop it.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was total shoot too.
3: Like you know,
1: was Bobby's like trying to get him to like react on camera? And Vince's like, stop fucking around.
3: <laughs> so like,
1: I, I really like Johnny Polo in this because he was over the top with how he was dressed this time. He had the fucking like the uh, the fucking water wings
2: and shit. The fuck was <laughs> the he? Before. What the fuck is Johnny Polo? Like, what is he? He's wearing a safari hat. He's got, like, fucking Max- lacrosse gloves. And-
0: <laughs> Mad Max. But I I think they're going for that angle of Mad Max.
2: And he did, like, that lame-ass joke, like, when the camera was on him. He's like, mm-hmm. I want to thank my parents for having me. Ha, 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 ha. I'm
1: like, what? So up? his character, you guys remember, like, I, they, they don't give him a whole lot of time here, but his character is, is he is... Like Vince literally wanted him to be like one of uh, Shane's like douchey like friends that are like uptight and 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 like their parents are ultra wealthy and they're a trust fund kid. So he's literally a trust fund baby douchebag.
2: And is then that is that is that real? That is
1: no no for real. Because what happens is so Johnny Polo happens, you know, he leaves, he goes and he goes on and becomes Raven, right? He becomes yeah. famous to B C W, WCW. When he comes back and uh, Vince literally comes back there's a report on this I, uh, he's been interviewed multiple times about it uh, Raven has and he comes back and Vince is like who the fuck is this guy and he looks at him and, he, and he's like who the fuck's Raven and then someone finally tells him and he looks at him again and he's like your hair's long and someone mentions Johnny Polo and he's like I remember you and, and then that like that was the whole thing and then he he wanted him to like they actually remember whenever uh, Shane had the
3: mean um, street Posse
1: yes thank you the the street posse they wanted uh raven to to be a part of that or do some rendition of that with him and become johnny polo again and be that like pretentious asshole again but it just like got shut down and then raven was just like basically blown into obscurity again whenever he he left wwe because he did like the hardcore stuff but it just kind of got relegated yeah it's kind of sad because it's like man, that that gimmick was over It it was like the raven gimmick was really cool um I got to hear uh, earlier this week about how, uh, if you guys have ever heard the reports of sidebar, but um, Kurt Angle's very first experience with wrestling at all was he went to an ECW show because Shane Douglas, he was friends with him and he was like, Hey, come down here. Yeah. We have this, this, uh, this new promotion called ECW. We do like really serious uh, like wrestling and it's the show that Raven crucified Sandman. <laughs> it was the very first time Kurt Angle watched it, and Kurt Angle was considering doing it. And Kurt Angle left that night, like was like, "I'm getting the fuck out of here." I have this, this shit's awful. <laughs> and like, and like, would not take Vince's calls for a while. Like, was dodging them because he was like, "There's no way in hell I'm doing professional wrestling. That shit's crazy." And then, like, they finally talked him in and got him to come to WWF and, and watch. And the rest is history. That is fucking hilarious. Could you imagine, like? Being in that situation, you've never watched wrestling. A friend talks you into coming to it, and the first episode you watch, the guy gets crucified. You're like, what the fuck am I watching?
0: This is where real wrestling happens, brother.
2: Yeah. That's kind of what happens when you try to tell your friend, you should watch AEW. And you, you watch like the Young Bucks do a bunch of backflips, and they don't do anything, and they just poke a guy in the face. And it's like, what?
1: <laughs> now, that that is not fair. That, that is some low-hanging fruit bullshit, and you know it. No, um, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. If it's not your cup of tea, that's fine. But that's a little different than than uh, work crucifixion. On television. Oh, I know. I know.
3: All
0: right. Instead of that, I would say the Orange Cassidy match with Jericho, where he, Jericho falls into the pool of orange. Like <laughs> that's it, a fact. It, if like if I showed someone that and they were just like, oh, this is where good wrestling happens, and they watch it, they might laugh or they might say, what the fuck. That's uh,
1: It'd be no. like trying to explain to someone why why the phrase scissor me daddy ass makes sense and it's also the best thing someone said in wrestling all year.
2: It really is. It's
1: it's it is, but it's like try to explain that to someone that's never watched wrestling.
2: You had to be there. Yeah, exactly. you had to, you had to be there when it started. Then you would <laughs>
1: understand. You had to be there to see the Ass boys and Daddy, or, daddy
0: Ass. Or uh, you know, when Kenny Omega told uh what was his manager again? The six,
3: sixty-nine, yeah. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? <laughs> okay,
2: this is a squash match. Yeah, Bob just hits all his big shit and fucking, you know, he well, hits like the top rope line And the Bobby uh,
0: Bobby Heenan when he said the atomic what 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 was it called?
2: The atom smasher is
0: that yeah, is Adam that smasher. is that the name they go by it?
2: I guess so. Yeah, yeah that power yeah. bomb, and ass.
1: Um, yeah, Adam Smasher, that's what it's called. It it is I, I'm actually before if you guys remember we talked about it, I just didn't like the whole thing. I thought it was weird I was like, ah, this is whatever. I've turned around. I like I like his whole shtick. And I I don't know how much of Johnny Polo plays into that because of how fucking goofy he is when he's with him, but the whole thing works for me now.
2: When he turns baby face it gets better.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm cool with it now, I can't wait. Yeah. Better than uh what what was it when he, he was in WCW when he goes uh it's, what is it what do you say
2: mortis, and, mortis and
1: then was it chaos or something he did wrath wrath is what it wrath. Wrath. Sure. Yeah, that's right. yeah he becomes wrath too yeah wrath is what I was thinking of <laughs> feel my wrath it's like a little on the nose kid
2: <laughs> <laughs> so after that they show a little video package to hype up Tataka versus Mr. Hughes for the next episode both wrestlers are undefeated so it's like oh boy who's gonna lose their damn undefeated streak mm-hmm. uh, I always think that when they do something like that it should be like on a bigger show when there's like two undefeated wrestlers and they're like they're gonna fight somebody's gonna lose their streak oh, I'll put that on TV
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, then we get Doink versus Randy Savage the, the main event in the middle of the show <laughs> uh
0: it was good halfway. Um, it, was
2: pretty, it was pretty all right, despite some shenanigans and some weirdness. Like Macho Man came out, he got a huge reaction, and that's when I was like, "Why the fuck are are they keeping him behind the desk?" Like, <laughs> did, did did
0: Vince or uh, uh, Macho's brother ever give a reason why? Like.
2: mean i don't know what vince's reasoning was i've never heard like lanny fucking talk about it necessarily uh but i'm assuming it was just because vince thought like he didn't want uh randy to be in that role anymore of an active wrestler he kind of thought his run run its course so to speak
1: i think it was he was worried he'd hurt himself like I, i think that like he was very protective of the character right like Vince in general just historically been very protective of the persona of Macho Man, and I think I think in terms of like his relationship with some of the wrestlers, he's got like a father figure presence with some of them. Um, it almost reminds me kind of his relationship with with Daniel Bryan, and that is very strange. Like I don't want you to wrestle because I know what could happen to you if you do that type of thing. Um, that that's kind of how my I've taken it. Just kind, but again, that's just my own take. I don't know if that's, there's any truth to that at all. But it just makes sense with his other relationship with wrestlers. Like when Vince is convinced that you're done in the ring, he's like, "I'll find something else for you. I'll take care of you. But I don't want you to go. I don't want you to do this anymore." And clearly, that's not how Randy felt.
2: No, I mean, he he still had a while yet to go.
1: Oh yeah,
2: uh, still a little bit of gas in the tank plenty of gas right there yeah you can see he did the uh he jumped over the fucking top rope out on the floor like it was nothing like he always did that uh they do like an early feeling out process deal and he's got like the crowd just he's he's working him like he doesn't even have to do anything he just like looks they're like dude he looks at him come on (laughs) they want him to like just beat up doink They want him to skullfuck
1: a clown right in the ring. Everybody there wanted to watch
0: that. My favorite part is Doink mocking him with that.
2: Yeah, he's making fun of him with his little gestures and (laughs) shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Fingers. Yeah. It's (laughs) It's like Doink tries to lunge at him a couple times and he misses because Savage just dodges him and he like laughs like, "Ah, it's pretty good." He starts getting pissed off a little bit. Mm Hmm. Savage finally gets him in an arm ringer. He can't escape, so Doink bites him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is one of my favorite parts of the match. Savage just gets mad. He kicks the bottom rope and just leaps outside and pushes some guy out of a chair he was sitting in and grabs the chair and (laughs) runs back in the ring with it. I'm like, yeah, there it is. Get pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) But Doink takes advantage of that, though, because he's like rolling through the bottom rope, and he starts getting stomped. He's putting the boots on him.
0: I like that. I like that. Macho man checked. I know I'm going like in the beginning of the match, but it, like he checked under the ring for the other doinks, and like Bobby is like, "That's
2: smart." <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I would have checked that.
2: <laughs> uh, Doink starts putting him in holds and shit. Though he's he in Boston crab and he uses the ropes, and then Hebner finally catches him and forces him to break. I call him Hebner because I don't know if that's Dave or Earl because I think Dave is still fucking refereeing right now, and I can't tell them apart at the moment. <laughs> so, yeah, I, th- one of them.
0: I think that was Dave because if it was Earl, he would have like fucking kicked uh, Doink's arm off the rope. Cause that's yeah, maybe
2: he- you're right. Like, yeah, that might be something to watch for, see which one's more active. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: yeah Earl's cool.
1: always like, no nonsense.
2: Yeah. Doink is getting heat. He's working Savage's leg. And he manages to dodge Doink diving at the turnbuckle. And he, he he does the running knee to his back and he sends him sailing outside. And then Savage goes after him, and he's going to throw Doink in the post, but he gets reversed, and that takes two break.
0: Oh, dude, that fucking hit. The, the way Savage sold that, by the way, it looked fucking ugly. <laughs> like, he put his face into that pole.
1: Yeah, it, before that, I wanted to make a comment about uh, when he's got him in the crab, and uh, uh, Doink decides to, uh, when he's on the ropes, he, like, holds him back, and it's still, like, getting leverage, like, and torquing on him. And Vince is like... Ah, oh, you gotta stop him, Ref. He's clearly cheating. And then Heenan's like, "Don't you know how to cheat, Vince?" It's <laughs> <laughs> great. It's like, given the him. timing of what's going on right now, too, with like the trial shit and everything, it's in the like the background and whatnot. Uh, like, it's just so fucking funny to think about. Heenan's uh, like, "Come on, Vince, you know how to cheat." <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's not as
3: great.
2: We uh, come back and Doink Scott. Uh... Macho Man, some kind of weird chin lock. It's like he's hanging him over his shoulder, and he's Savage is still on his feet. It's kind of like he's doing a neck breaker, but he's like, it's put he's turned it into a hold. Mm-hmm. It looks pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> but uh Savage reverses it, and the hold's broken, and Doink's beating on him in the corner again. He hits a drop kick, which I don't ever recall seeing Doink do a drop kick, actually. And he keeps getting heat. He's putting on holds, and he hits a good belly to belly for two, and he puts on the abdominal stretch.
0: I marked out for that.
2: Yeah. Fucking, that's a great move. Nobody does it anymore.
1: Oh shit, ADHD! I got—I got to tell you this. I forgot it from earlier. Sorry, I got to do it. Okay. Wheeler, were you to did a fucking atomic drop on Chris Jericho. Fuck yeah! I saw it ahead. and I went and I literally yelled, "God damn! I've not seen it. I have not seen an atomic drop in six years." Okay, did, outside job. of watching old wrestling, I was pretty happy with that. <laughs> Sorry, continue. I was oh, that was my third Bret Hart thing. I was like, ah, it's Bret Hart! He did a tough drop. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs>
2: Savage hip tosses a, a Doink out of the abdominal stretch, he reverses it. But Doink keeps like stopping him every time like he gets out of something or he hits one move. He's like peppering him with, with strike, he's a chin lock again. But uh uh Savage manages to break away and he runs through the ropes for something, but Doink just catches him and body slams him. I mean, he's going to go for the whoopee cushion here. The Savage rolls out of the way and Doink busts his ass. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, I'm like, they cannot fucking feel good when you miss that move. <laughs> like, shit.
0: That's why Matt Hardy's fucking hips are fucked, because there's so and many... Those
2: top, those top rope leg drops. Did I tell you the story about when Edge, what, his finisher, when he first came to WWF, was a top rope leg drop? oh And why he quit doing it? So, uh, I've not heard
1: why, but I mean I can uh, kind of figure it
2: out. All right, so this is from his book, uh, which is a pretty good read actually. But like, uh, so he's like, yeah, my my finish was a top rope leg drop, and I started doing it, and it's like the I forget who he said he's wrestling, but he like the first night he did it, he hit it, and he he felt something burst in his ass, <laughs> <laughs> and like he. Jumped so high and landed so hard that he literally busted his ass open. Yeah. <laughs> and That's he put, fair. and he, he said like, he, he couldn't put like a bandage there to stop the bleeding or anything. So he pretty much had to use like one of those, like those pads with those maxi pads. <laughs> he, <laughs> with had with he had tampon. Maxi pad to stop his anal bleeding. Hashtag <laughs> anal bleeding. And he was like, fuck that. I'm not doing that move anymore. <laughs> Start doing something else.
1: You're saying Edge literally changed finishers because his anus was bleeding. Yeah, <laughs> yes. So old reference, but yeah. Who who else had that type of injury? What was x Oh, Xbox. Uh, Xbox X-Pac. had that happen. He like ripped his ass open with the Bronco Buster. <laughs> Damn. Like, which, almost like bled to death. Yeah. He 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 did it, and like the guy moved or something, and he caught like the uh, the metal on the turnbuckle. And he, oh! Like, straight ripped his perineum, and he nearly bled to death. Like, uh, gosh, gosh. Actually, like it was like legit stuff. Like people don't realize, like some of these like moves that just look kind of fun, but not like they would hurt that much. Like it's some risky shit. So, uh,
0: what what was the one where Michael Cole was like, and he has anal leakage, and Booker T was like? <laughs> What
2: did you say? He said anal bleeding. That's why I said hashtag anal bleeding. Yeah. Yeah, So that was the one where like, uh, I forgot what was going on, but Jerry Lawler got put through a fucking table or some shit. And he got like, uh, you know, carted out in a meat wagon. And then like Cole said apparently Vince told him to do this. He (laughs) told him to report that uh, the the Kings got anal bleeding. And that's, yeah, Booker was like, I think that was shoot. He was like, what? <laughs>
3: <up> that.
2: <laughs> and then like later on, Michael Cole said, hashtag anal bleeding. And you could tell he was trying not to laugh when he said that. <laughs> Vince wanted him to say it. He thought it would be fucking hilarious. I don't know. It kind, that's, of, is. It that's kind
1: got, of is. Could you imagine him just being a fly on the, on the headset there and like hearing him yell through the, tell him it's anal bleeding.
3: Oh, just oh, Dad, Edel it's Edel bleeding. It's the only way it'll
2: be funny. <laughs> <laughs> He was right,
1: um, I guess. But
2: <laughs> anyway,
1: we're about it now, I guess,
2: yeah. Uh, Macho gets a brief flurry on Doink, but Doink just tosses him out of the ring, and then Savage starts to stir a little bit. And he crawls under the ring. Then everybody's like, "What the fuck?" He he doesn't come back out for a few moments, and then on the other side, I kind of like how they did this though. On the other side of the ring, the opposite side, he comes out and it's a midget. <laughs>
1: It's like what the fuck. The best part is Heenan right before the the a little person, little Macho comes out. He he says, "Ah, Ma- Macho's gonna get a break and come out the other side, feeling like like flowers or something to that effect." He said he said something about him being refreshed if he goes to the other side. And <laughs> a fucking little person comes out. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was so dumb. And then of course Doink starts laughing a bunch. Yeah. At the whole thing.
2: Yeah. He first he was laughing at him and then. He was pissed, and he decided to chase him around the ring. And and then uh, he's chasing midget man Randall Uncivilized around the ring. He's he's not quite savage. He's like half his size, so he's he's uncivilized. uh, Macho Man comes out of the ring, trips, doink, and fucking hammers him a couple times. Body slams him on the floor, tosses him in the ring, and this is where, like, it kind of goes eh, a little sideways for me is the finish. Cause uh midget man's in the ring and he's taunting him and doink is like, he puts his sole focus on him after he just got body slammed on the fucking floor and pushed in the ring. And like, it's like, he should know doink has been established to be like a really intelligent, evil wrestler, like pretty much already. Mm-hmm. And he falls for like one of the dumbest things ever. Mm-hmm. Like what the, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, it's gets, not
1: that he falls for something dumb. He falls for his own thing.
2: Yeah, he falls for his, uh, like his own trick. Yeah. And, and Savage gets behind him and hooks him in a side cradle for th- for three, and that was it. I um,
0: Listen, I, I agree with you, like how it showed like he went on the ring and then came out little, little, little macho, uh, macho midget, as uh, Bobby Heenan calls them later on. Actual
2: uh, that that their load is kind of funny as like a visual
3: game,
0: yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. I, I, in my opinion, and I know this is how Vince would probably book it, but like in my opinion, I think he should have like ran ran around the ring and then left the arena. And then Macho Man gets the win instead of making it all hokey. Uh, and then like at the end when he bites, like I laughed still, but like when he bit fucking Doink's ass, uh. And I was like, "Oh my god!" I uh, like I knew right off the bat. I'm like, "This is he's gonna be here next episode," because you know Vince is like, "Fucking macho midget, crazy!" I love it, and like and I felt bad because like we finally get a Macho Man match because last time we saw a Macho Man match was Royal Rumble, and then Repo Man when Repo Man stole his fucking hat, um, and I was like, "Man, like." I like doink because, like, that fits with him with the triple doinks. You can't take that away. But, like, macho man with little macho man? uh, Like, no. This, like, degrades him a little bit, in my opinion. And I don't know. it. Like, I know he's for the business macho man and he'll do anything. But at the same time, he's got to think, like, man, is this what they think of me here?
2: You know what I mean, been a better he does finish. think that. That's why he leaves. Yeah. You know what would have been a better finish, and you could have still had all those elements in play, is if you still do the same visual gag, and he comes out the other side, the little, little macho midget. And he's like, he does a little dance. He doesn't suck it. The DX cross chop. Dog's like, hey, fuck you. He <laughs> just looks at him for a second. He's just distracted by this. At first, he's laughing at him. Then he does that. He's like, hey. And he runs, he runs to the back. During that time, Savage was actually snuck up behind him.
1: Yeah, just roll him actually, up. Well, I don't even roll him up. At that point, like he could slam him in the ring, then actually hit him with the elbow drop. And, like that? Yeah, yeah. Like, or you, you could literally have him chase him around the ring, and then he just he's he's, he's, he's a little guy, and he's you know doing has been wrestling, so like he's just able to get away.
2: Even he's better. A, a even star. better. He perch up to the top, and he has an axe handle on him from behind.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, axe handle. Axe handle's good. Yeah.
2: <laughs> 'Cause that's something he would do. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, like I didn't really like the finish. Uh I also have to say it's weird that they teased multiple doink's. Like it used to just be there's another doink, and then holy fuck, there's there's two more. And that didn't even come into play.
3: And we got no. zero.
1: Instead so we yeah. got we got the opposite, we got half a Randall.
2: <laughs> we got we got an uncivilized. Yeah, an uncouth <laughs>
3: All this-
2: all this match proved was that WWF can still use, like, an active Randy Savage. He's still super over. Mm-hmm. Decent, goofy finish. That was my thoughts. 6.6. Like
3: 6. this...
1: Oh, so sweet. So, I'm, I'm actually at six and a half Chazes, and I, I did an average because I felt like the first half of this match was a solid, like, seven. And then it came back, got a little slog, a little low. But then, like, I actually really liked the – the little Randall, whatever you want to call him, hmm. I, I liked him showing up. I thought it was hilarious, but then the finish itself was bad. So then it yeah. like, went up and down a bit. So it even out. I gave it six and a
0: half. Yeah, i i I had it at a seven, and then when Macho Midget came out, I was like, "Oh man, they're gonna make this a thing, aren't they?" And like, I had, I, I had to, I had to put it down to a six point two out of ten. Um, That's okay. Because. It's not fair the the midget like uh, listen i i know like vince made money off of like everything that we've seen in the past years and it, some of it's bad and some of it's good uh but like god damn it this was a vince thing he probably said hey who who was a midget back then uh, in the 90s horns woggle wasn't a thing then right
3: no i had like
2: man i don't remember uh, cuz like, I, I'm not saying midget to be like offensive or anything. That's just literally what they used to call it. It was midget well, they, wrestling.
1: I mean, they had yeah, they literally called it midget wrestling. league. Yeah. like there, there was a, a large group that they would hire from time to time. Because um, what's yeah. who's the guy later on? He would wrestle against Hornswoggle, but uh, he was like a luchador. But it wasn't always the same guy. They they actually used multiple uh, little people in the in the role. You guys remember the name the the bull or whatever. Oh uh Torito, thank you, Torito. Yeah, yeah El Torito. El Torito is like one that was always used. I, I don't I can't remember if El Torito's been in the WWF yet at this point, but like it's coming if it hasn't yet. He he shows up right right before or at Attitude Era. Um but uh but yeah, I, I don't know.
2: I mean I The
0: mask was legit a little bit. Like it actually did del- really,
2: really, really good, yeah. actually. <laughs> but like yeah, like this is just something. This is kind of a holdover from, you know, previous couple decades. And I mean, there was midget wrestling all over the the country in different promotions. It was a. It was just like a weird attraction, though. It was, it was like what they would call girl wrestling back then. Uh But they they were, they still kind of held on to that for a little while in WWF up to like I want to say the late nineties is around when they stopped having midget matches. Mm-hmm. So this isn't, we're going to see more of it later. It's not like, it doesn't happen all the time. It's just something that happens once in a while. I think it's just because Vince gets a kick out of it because it's, it's funny to him. It's fun. It's a little visual gag.
1: Well, the I mean, little guy. We're about to get, Uh, what What was the the,
2: the little person
1: or the, midget, the uh, midget wrestler that was doing, what was his name? Dink. Dink, yeah, Dink. <laughs> I wanted to say Dink, but I couldn't remember but if it was that or not. But yeah, Dink is like Gonna show up pretty soon. I mean, that's after Matt Born leaves. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, right? they
2: turn dork face and it, it becomes like lame.
1: Yeah, but then bring Dink <laughs> along to be here and like spray people with water, uh, dumb shit like that. But like, yeah, they they use they use the midget wrestling stuff. Uh, it's like in their back pocket to pull out. And but I think it's just every it's like every couple of months Vince gets a hanker and he's like, you know what made me happy today?
3: Midgets, Midgets.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Like, someone comes to the back and is like, I want to I push. I want to I go to the top. I want to hold the belt. And Vince is like, you know what I think? I think we need a midget that looks just like you.
3: <laughs>
2: I want to see Midget Vader fight Midget Undertaker. I, I,
0: I can see Braun Strowman going in like, Vince, I want to be pushed. Well, you know what? You're going to be a tag team champion with a kid.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: uh, real quick, I do want to say, I think uh, Savage – did a good job putting Doink over even though he lost. Yeah. So most of the match was him getting his ass kicked by Doink.
0: He did the business.
2: Yeah. What a pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get another SummerSlam report by Gene Okerlund. I mean Gene, he's going over all the matches and he shows us, we are going to get HBK versus Mr. Perfect for the IC title finally. I'm hyped. It, this feud started at WrestleMania, but it's only really been built in like little bits disseminated to us since then. It's like, it's not been like something they've been actively building. It's like occasionally they're like, oh yeah, we did an angle at WrestleMania. They're going to have a match, right? Okay. I want they remember to have something happen.
0: I wonder if Mr. Perfect was doing too much drugs and he just couldn't be there for some of the building. And they are just um, like, they were just like, oh, let's get the next drug addict, Marty Janetti," which he did good by the way.
2: I don't think uh I can't speak to Mr. Perfect's personal habits. I'm not sure if he was like a big drug guy. Uh, but I think he was actually kind of dealing with an injury around this time.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh
2: and after this SummerSlam match, he was injured. Or like it either happened there or it exacerbated like literally right before SummerSlam and he was like, Fuck. Well, I still gotta do this match. Yeah. Uh him and Ted DiBiase go down at the same time. <laughs>
3: hmm.
2: But uh, let's see. We go back to he and Vince, commentary desk, and they're talking to Ted DiBiase uh, on the phone. <laughs> this was about a, one, two.
0: This is the five. first, because I remember Chaz saying in one of the other episodes that he never got to experience the phone call interviews. Yeah. So
2: th- <laughs> yeah, this was good. Yeah. <laughs> this one was a lot better. Like it's, it's been like a, this has been something they've been playing with since they started raw. It's gotten better over time. The old phone call
3: mm-hmm.
1: promo. I like how this played out though, because he's all pissed and angry, and then they're like, "Oh, you're pissed? Is it because of this?" It's like, "Don't you dare show them!" And then he's like, "I'm, I'm, I'm hanging up." Show you. I'm hanging up. <laughs>
2: enough, but then Bobby's like, what "The," <laughs> but yeah, it shows footage from like wrestling challenge where the kid had a match with Ted DiBiase and he's like dying. He's got him in the fucking million dollar dream and he's like, Win? I want to
0: see that match. Is that on the network?
2: No, wrestling challenge isn't on the network. God damn like, it! I know it's lame. <laughs> maybe someday it'll get on there. They've added more things. I saw they added the next season of WCW Saturday night for, for some of it for 94. So, Oh, nice. Maybe by the time we get finished with 93, <laughs> we keep watching yeah, <laughs> but uh, like it's Razor comes down there and he's like, "What's up, man?" And like D- 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 DB is pissed, and he's like, "I'm gonna show you how I beat kids up." <laughs> and he goes lay on his lay uh, with his back over him like in a pin, but Kid hicks, hooks him in a crucifix hold and pins <laughs> him out of nowhere, which was actually kind of cool.
0: And then. Razor Ramon is, like, all excited he did the... He
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: fucking yeah,
3: yeah.
1: That was, that was yeah, no, It was great, because 1-2-3 uh, did the same thing he's been doing lately, which is, like, he gets the pin, then runs out of the ring, but instead of just running out completely, he just runs behind Razor. And Razor doesn't really acknowledge that he's going to protect him. It's more that just, like, he knows, well, Ted's not going to fuck with me. So he, like, runs behind Razor. Razor just stands there and actively laughs in his face. <laughs>
3: it was "Ah!"
2: (laughs) (laughs) was really fucking funny Uh, it got me yeah yeah it was good no not for my favorite part of this episode
1: (laughs) yeah i actually i i I came up with an award to give this because we don't usually rate bits but i i came up with an award and that i gave this but i'll wait till the end to announce it
2: so Jim Cornette's coming out to the ring, and Bobby Hayden starts freaking the fuck out. He's like, "Do you know who that is, Vince? Do you know who that is?" And Vince is like, "I, I, I, I no." <laughs> he's like, "That's Jim Cornette, the greatest manager in wrestling." <laughs> he's like, he's like screaming. I. Did, and he's like, I got to And then he's like struggling to get up yeah, out of his chair. That's his my his favorite headphones.
0: part. That's my favorite part because he pushes. He like climbs over a dude. Like he pushes the guy off of the chair. And the headset's still on him and he like throws it on the ground. <laughs> and he's like, Do I believe my eyes? And they like hug each other.
3: And they're like, Yeah, and they hug and <laughs> shit. It's just
2: fucking hilarious. And then yeah, he puts he puts Jim Cordette over and it's fun. I'm pretty sure Cordette himself's feeling pretty humble about that one because he based he, he says he based a lot of his own act off of Bobby Heathen.
3: Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: Immediately,
1: it like, it to him. It's like, yeah, the only reason I'm the best manager in the game now is because you've retired.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, he's, gonna, he's He says he's going to tell all these genetic defects living downstream from the nuclear <laughs> plant. What's going
1: on? <laughs> oh my god, when he said the phrase genetic defects, I was like, <laughs> what?
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, god, <damn>
2: it! <laughs> he's got away with words. <laughs> He, man- he says he's managed the best tag teams. He's put together a great one in the heavenly bodies. The Doctor of Love, Dr. Tom Pritchard, and Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey. And he's issued a challenge to the Steiner Brothers to prove who the best tag team is. So mm. I'm like, all right, we're going to have a great tag team match coming down the pike, finally. And then Jim calls him gutless, yellow-bellied cowards if they don't accept. And then he is just fucking loving this, and the crowd, like, fucking hates him. They hate his ass so much because he talks so fast and so much and he insults them and they can't, they can't do anything. So they just get mad. <laughs> <laughs> heat. This is how you get heat. I, I've, so oh, go ahead.
0: I'll, I'll save it for the next episode, but I'll just briefly talk about it. The, the thing that I like about Jim Cornette is that he improvs so good. Like yes. it, it, he makes the conversations genuine like, he's an asshole. Like, he's an asshole in real life. Uh, but, like, he does it really well when he's talking to people and talking to the crowd. Like, when we get to the next episode, it really shines. And it really shows that Lex Luger sucks at promos, by the way. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Um,
2: this gets into something he says all the time, though, about, like, about what wrestling is and, like, what, how people are, like, it's acting. He's like, he's like no, wrestling's not acting. It's reacting. Mm-hmm. You need to react to things. Don't think about how you're gonna act. And you see that all the time with like little things. Like he fucking gets mad because that guy won't give him a microphone quick enough. He just says, Come on!
3: This we- bald
2: idiot. And like he when he he says that quick line to Vince in the next episode, he's like, stick with me kid, you'll learn something. He's it's Vince McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not
1: it's not acting in the sense that it's more like you got improv method acting. Like it's you you are your character and you have to stick to it. And, yeah, I think that's I, – again, I, I like to think that the better part of uh, Jim Cornette's persona now is probably still a work. I think deep down, like, maybe he does have his own hot takes and it's whatever and part of it's real. I, it's probably hard to separate what is real and what is a work now. But, um, but, but god damn, you, you really could learn a thing or two if you follow him. Um, there is also something to say about when someone is, like, in that, like – Appalachian, like Southern type of, of like, not draw, but but again, it's something about like the accent of like being like really like friendly, but also saying like really asshole and heel things. I don't know. I've always thought that a, a, an asshole from Alabama is always, is always at least a little nicer than an asshole from New York because the way they talk, it, it just comes off a little less demeaning. Does that make
2: sense at all? It kind of does, but I would argue that Jim Cornette's the exception to that.
3: <laughs> he's like, he's
2: oh no! And he talks so fucking
1: fast. He <laughs> does, but think of it this way: what could you could you imagine how much more heat? And I don't mean in a good way either, because I think there is such a thing as too much heat. Yeah. Like, if you make people too mad, like then you know. just, like, you know, they, well that or they just don't like you actually can turn people off from something because they're just too pissed at what you're saying, that they're now distracted from whatever else is going on and they just don't even want to pay attention. And I think that if you tried to hand that off to someone else with a different type of persona, it wouldn't work. But it's because he has a little bit of that southern charm. It's just kind of like Yeah, that boy ain't all right, but but, but he's okay in my book. Like, I don't know, maybe uh, it's a weird take. I just feel like he has a perfect blend of he can can get away with saying more because of how he says
0: it. I don't know, man, but he could fill, like, a a three-gallon Sunny D fucking container of his sweat of how much he was sweating on that fucking stage. Well,
2: he he yelled at Vince, because, like, after that, they go to Mr. Perfect versus Semi-Perfect, because they never said that guy's (laughs) name. Oh, Barry Hardy, apparently. Oh, Okay. According to this wrestling blog, that oh. pulled up very
1: hardy.
0: What is Chaz's award, by the way? For...
1: Oh, yeah, what was your award? Yeah, I, I gave him, uh, you know, people always give, like, in these, like, review shows and, and different things, podcasts do. It's a bunch of 30-year-old white men just giving out arbitrary things. People give golden ups and, and silver plugs and different shit. So I was going to give him the Copper Chaz. The Copper Chaz. <laughs> so he, yeah, Jim Cornette gets the Copper Chaz. Because the segment itself is hilarious between and how he interacts with Heenan, the whole commentary with uh, during the perfect match, with how he treats Vince, like it just comes in like you just fucking. own it. It's like how if you had like a a, a a friend from like way back in the day come and visit you, and they just walk in and immediately put their feet on your fucking couch. Or like a, like a relative that you haven't seen in a long time, it, like and that's how they act like when they come in your house. You're like, what are you doing, you piece of shit? What are you? And they're just like, ah, it's okay. Can you get me a beer? Yeah, like that's it's that's cool. how he acts, but it's just great. It's
3: like <laughs> Cousin Eddie, national Nashville. He, I
1: yeah, think. he's cu- well. He's Cousin Eddie, but like he has no good intentions. That's the difference. Like Cousin that's Eddie, true. Cousin Eddie has good intentions. He no, just, Jim Cornette
2: has good intentions for his team, for,
1: for his himself. for his
3: clientele, yeah, for, for himself.
1: himself. Yeah, because of that, he's like a nice person deep down. He's just a a fuck up. It's a difference, but you know, he's uh Jim Cornette knows what he's doing. He's an asshole, but it's still funny.
3: Yeah, I
0: I, I think you're right, Zach. Like on how he talks way too fast. Because now, when you listen to him, every fucking sentence that he talks, he like has to clear his throat. He goes <laughs> <laughs> before he, before he gets to his next uh, his sentence and stuff.
2: Well he's blown his voice box out from talking like a hundred miles per minute like for several years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think
1: part of that works so too,
2: right? Because
1: you yeah. don't understand what he's saying. You're just pissed now. It's like, what else did that prick say to it's me? Like you're
2: trying <laughs> you're trying to hear what he's saying and understand it, but he's talking so fast and it, it pisses you off on a subliminal level, so you get mad or but he thinks about shit like that is the thing.
1: Yeah, he's actually if you if you got a close up on his lips, he's actually saying school, accomplishments,
2: vegetables,
0: oh my
3: god. <laughs> But,
2: yeah, like, after this, like, fucking, I've been wanting to see this segment ever since he's talked about it on the podcast. One. I was like, I didn't know that they had a segment where they met on air and they were, like, buddies. I want to <laughs> see that. So it was great to see it. But, uh, yeah, Mr. Perfect versus Semi-Perfect. Because this guy is dressed up in a singlet. And he's blonde and he has, like, a fucking mullet. He's chewing gum and he's making fun of Mr. Perfect. But I'm like, okay, good luck. <laughs> like, what the f- his ass gets fucking beat yeah
1: it does but
2: Courtney gets on commentary he just comes over and he's already annoying everyone telling people to move out of his way and shit he gets, he gets ahead so he's like turn the volume up god damn there's no AC here <laughs> he's, he's talking about no air conditioning and shit
0: my favorite part is like he's about to sit down and he's like talking to Bobby Haney he's like why can't I sit next to you I gotta sit sit, sit next to this guy and he like sits down
1: <laughs>
2: oh god
1: all right, little little bit to actually put on this. this. is kind of neat. I mean, it's just this blog thing. I, I like to pull this up and have it when I'm looking at the matches anyway for timestamps and stuff. But it says here, um, huge, huge news with Cornette making his WWF debut, mentions another wrestling program and Smoky Mountain Wrestling, according to Dave Meltzer um, of the uh, Wrestling Observer Newsletter. You know, for the WWF, WWF now has got a partnership, and they'll allow some talent to work major SMW shows, um, like in this in the same time frame, They're doing the same thing with USWA at the time, um, and they're even plugging um, uh, their house shows in Knoxville. Um, so uh, looks like they came up with a, uh, an agreement with them. And the way this kind of actually happened, according to Meltzer, was originally the Head Shrinkers were going to be uh, pushed, and which makes sense because we saw the Head Shrinkers get a couple of squash matches. And yeah. uh, they were actually going to face the um, Steiners at SummerSlam, but Fatu suffered a leg infection, which made him unavailable. And apparently, awesome. Hanan went to bat and put Cornette over like a motherfucker. This is word for word what uh, uh, Meltzer put. Heenan put over Cornette like a motherfucker uh, to Vince, which was what allowed, like I guess, led to the partnership or something. But, about regarding whatever so and it says here they had the banner so I, again that's taken for what the paragraph or whatever i'm reading says but that's kind of neat that that's how that happened it's like opportunity opens up and then cornet comes and i mean the rest is history because now that cornet's here he's then going to get involved in later with uh yokozuna which is going to work out really well
2: and several other people over the course of the next few years
1: oh absolutely and then yeah i mean it, yeah, gonna been around for quite a while as a player uh, behind the scenes, so yeah, it's a big deal.
2: But, uh, yeah, even on commentary, though, he doesn't waste any second trying to make everybody fucking hate him.
3: Mm-hmm. I,
2: mean, I admire that dedication, because nobody nobody just fucking takes it that far anymore. Like, apparently, except Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, Je- no, you're right. Jeff Jarrett is, is totally that
1: asshole that would just walk into your house... Unannounced, not knock on the door, just fucking open the door and walk in and just sit down. Like there's something to say. I don't know why that's the example I used. I think it's because I'd have friends do it or whatever. My like, I my mom would be like blow a fucking aneurysm if someone put like did not take their shoes off at the door. And if you put your shoes on and like put your feet up on the couch, so help you. Like she would beat your ass with a belt or whatever. <laughs> she get her hands like would run your ass out of the house. I literally have friends that would they would run out of the house left their fucking shoes, ran barefoot, because my mom was a beat their ass for putting their feet on. So, like, that's what I think of, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm traumatized by it, but it's in a funny way. <laughs> mm. But to me, like, that is, like, that is the bar for, like, being a dick in your first impression. Like, you just walk. And that's totally how Jeff Jarrett and Cornette represent themselves. You're like, what a
2: prick. Like, <laughs> you've heard them say five words.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, Let's see. He, yeah, anyway in the match like perfect's acknowledging this guy is like mocking him he's like oh okay he just starts chopping the piss out of him <laughs> which is like one of the best things he does to people mm-hmm. and he hip tosses him or no no semi-perfect hip toss is perfect and then he he like spits the gum out and slaps it out of midair i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> he did that to him and then he gets up and yeah he just beats the piss out of this guy he does the next snap thing and Fucks his leg up and rips his singlet off, and then he hits the perfect plex for three. Squash.
1: Squash. Yeah. Meanwhile, Vince makes fun of Cornette, saying he had to leave Smoky Mountain because it got too hot. Then Cornette makes fun of Vince's hair, and in the meantime, Heenan is like siding with with Cornette, like, "Yeah, Vince, you you need to back off. This guy's a legend. He knows what he's talking about." I paid more attention to the the commentary than I did the, the match. To be honest,
3: yeah, they. I, kind of did,
2: I couldn't write it all down because he just talks so much. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> they talked a lot in uh, both episodes. By the way, the commentary, um, which could take away from some of the matches, but then again, this is early Raw, so like you're getting that first good match, and then you're getting all the uh, <laughs> the squashes and stuff. Um, but. Yeah, do you think Vince, like, was doing a full shoot there on Smoky Mountain? Where he's like, ah, now you're with me, kid. Now I'm going to make fun of your old promotion and all that stuff.
2: Uh, eh, I don't really think so. Because hmm. I don't really think he, he saw it as much of anything that, you know, I guess, you know, when they negotiated, like, oh, well, pal, what do you want to do? And he's like, well, I run my own promotion, my own territory, I need to be able to still do that if I'm going to work for you. And he's like, all right. You know, yeah. this, <laughs> I mean, Vince was, uh, you know, Vince is a weird polarizing figure because you hear things like th- this story about all this shit he's done recently. And you hear other stories where he's like kind of a dick. And Then you then there's this story where he gave Cornette a huge advance to help him buy a house in Connecticut when he didn't have the fucking money to do it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, There's a lot of nice things, like, Ric Flair, like, ex-Vince for money, uh, and he gave him stuff, and then, like, Jerry Lawler, like, (laughs) drew drew a picture of, uh, uh, Vince's dad, and, like, he cried and shit. He's,
2: he's, he's a, he's a complex individual. (laughs) Put it, put it that way, but, uh. After the match is over, Corey promises he's got more surprises up his sleeve and Vince tells us next week's going to be the contract signing. Like, oh boy. That's the show. Yeah. What'd you give it? Uh, I said, decent show, good match in the middle. Cornette's debut was great. Uh, let Savage wrestle more, please. Like, once a month even.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know? We can hardly see Bret Hart once a month. Like you <laughs> Uh, build the Build to Summer Slave continues. I gave it 6.8 out of 10.
0: Okay. Chaz, what about you?
1: Yeah, I, I was really high on the, the Cornette segment. Um, and I, I really liked the Macho match. It was going to see it, even with the ending being kind of crap. But, yeah. um, I mean, it's kind of becoming a theme now with all these these uh, matches. Um, spoilers, that, that continues for 30 years. But uh, <laughs> it's like great match, but the ending is kind of like, uh, it leaves you like. It's like I have this like perfect like dish that's been made, but then right at the last minute a bird shits in it or something. I don't know, but um, but I gave it a seven. I, I was I'm still really happy. I gave it seven chazes. I, I I enjoyed everything. Uh, yeah.
0: I I said star power is finally here at Raw. Like from top to bottom, there was like stars. Would be like, hey, that's a star. Mister Perfect is a star. Uh, doink is technically a star. Macho man is a star. The Steiners are here. We haven't seen the Steiners in a long time and they're putting their, uh, I don't think was there titles on the line in this. No, no?
3: They're just beating up. Players. And no. macho
2: man had a big star on his chest. So yes. of course he's a star. Literal star. Yeah. <laughs> he was like one and a half stars.
1: Technically. It's
2: a little guy. But... Mm-hmm.
3: They're still, they're still,
0: <laughs> they're still, bu- they're still building up, uh, Adam bomb. Um, which is good. Um, the only down was fucking ma- macho midget, uh, Randall uncivilized, whatever his name is.
1: Yeah,
2: Randall uncivilized.
0: Uh, yeah. You
1: forget about that interview. That interview segment that oh had. yeah
2: it's an interview that fucked with your brain apparently. Yeah, the one
0: Man, that turned
1: you into the goddamn Winter Soldier or some shit. <laughs> I
0: was like, I was a Manchurian candidate. Yeah. <laughs> it was school. I'm like. Man, I go, go to fucking China. <laughs> you said what to Taiwan, motherfuckers?
3: <laughs> Taiwan
0: number one, China number two. <laughs> um, But anyway, Jim Cornette, loved it. Um, I gave the whole show a 6.5 out of 10.
2: Cool. We're all in the ballpark. Yes.
1: Yeah, so I have a question, because you guys keep referencing the next episode to make sure. We are we reviewing the next episode right now, back to back, or? Yeah, or we're gonna we do it
0: back to back. I'm still gonna do like the intros of being like, oh, we're raw dogging it for August ninth. Uh, well, I,
1: I have a slight confession. I I have not watched the next episode. I fucked up. Apparently, oh, uh, I'm gonna blame I'm gonna blame brain fog for that one. Yeah, I only watched the the one on August second. I was it's actually a- gonna watch the ninth, and then I was like, oh, I don't have time for this. Anyway, wait with my daughter, so I'll come back to this later. We're not only doing the one episode. That's on me. Hmm. Well,
0: that's okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you're going to have to listen to us.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, here we are. Yeah. No, it's it's not, right. it, you go back and watch it and whatever.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, oh, you go.
2: Okay. So we're all dogging it again. Yes. And it's August 9th, 1993. And then. I I hear something I really don't want to hear at the very beginning of the show. The goddamn Bushwhackers are going to be here.
3: Uh...
2: <laughs> so, that is, I was like, oh no, yeah, god damn it! <laughs> <laughs> and then they started. a so That that was really like them opening the show, was like oh the Bushwhackers. I'm like fuck. And then it was Tatanka versus Mister Hughes, like immediately. Mister mm-hmm. <laughs> Hughes was like already in the ring, and I didn't even realize it. I was like what? <laughs> The came out and did his little rain dance or whatever, and then Mr. Hughes waylaid his ass.
0: Yeah, we also got Lex Luger being in because he's doing the tour thing. He's in Chicago. He saw uh, Chicago White Sox outfielder, outfielder Tim Rainey's. Um, he's
2: wearing a pack when he did it, too. Yeah. Like a fucking boss. <laughs> uh, fucking early
1: 90s.
0: <laughs> um, First match Mr. Hughes with Harvey Whippleman versus the Tonka. Got the 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 main event in the fucking first uh match here.
2: I that, that wasn't the main event. The main event was later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even though even though this is a real match. Uh yeah, like I said, he he waylays Tatanka in the beginning, and then they do this crisscross spot, but Tatanka doesn't really manage to leapfrog Mr. Hughes because that's a really large man. Mm-hmm. And he kind of fucks up, but the commentary expertly covers it pretty much like oh he didn't manage to make it over him he's too big nice (laughs) (laughs) uh mr hughes has advantage, but then this other dude comes out and brings out another black wreath to piss him off with (laughs) and (laughs) to talk is hitting chops and strikes and mr hughes stops him with the old thumb to the eye mcmahon the old jesse ventura line yeah you know what, my favorite move is McMahon? He's like, what? A thumb to the eye. Stops <laughs> them right in their tracks. <laughs> uh, talk his whip to the ropes and he hits a crossbody for two. And then Hughes shoots the talk off again and he hits a clothesline. And he does this a lot in this match. He keeps shooting them off and hitting a clothesline. <laughs> he does it like three times. <laughs>
3: uh,
2: then he gets like. I think Tataka runs past him a couple times, and Mr. Hughes just gets p- pissed off and grabs him by his mullet, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and he does another goddamn uh, like he, he grabs him by his mullet and jerks him down, and like Tim White doesn't even really admonish him for it. <laughs> He's like, "Hey, like not not even that." <laughs> so he pulled like a Rick Knox. He just didn't give a shit. I guess.
3: <laughs> yeah
2: and then Hughes hits another clothesline and then we go to a break and then we're coming back and he's got a chin lock on him and he's firing him off again he goes for a splash to Tonka Dodges Mr. Hughes flies over and he does the old hit the turnbuckle post with your face deal but he broke his sunglasses when he did it and it fell off and you can see Mr. Hughes' face
0: and Bobby Heenan goes
2: hey it's Barry White <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> straight up very white. like what the fuck
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh shit that's great I'm to have to watch this episode yeah, yeah it's worth. It's still worth watching even though it's like eh you'll see uh, Tataka starts running and chopping and he's running and chopping and he does this Tataka shit and then Mr. Hughes just tosses him out of the fucking ring and he comes out there and he body slams him on the floor and then he he runs him into the ring like you know where he, he just shoved the guys back into the apron. He's like, ah, oh.
1: hardest then, part
2: of the ring. Hardest part of the ring. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hughes runs at Tataka, but then he backdrops him. Tataka backdrops Mister Hughes, and he hits the floor. And right after that, Tataka rolls into the ring, and and Mister Hughes gets counted out. And the crowds reacted pretty positively, but like I don't know what the fuck happened, but it was like. All the levels were all fucked up or some shit for, like, the mics. And yeah. it just completely drowned out the commentary right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, it was kind of meh. Tatanka is not that good of a wrestler to me, in my opinion. He's got his...
0: He's one-dimensional. dimension <laughs> I can't fucking speak. Uh, one-dimensional um, when it comes to, like, wrestling because... He'll get a couple moves here and there, like he'll sell whatever the opponent's doing, and then he goes into his uh, Buffalo uh, Hulk mode uh, and Buffalo Rising, and starts like ch- chanting around the ring, and then he like does his moves and stuff, well, where he's doing the hip scotch <laughs> kind of thing going on, uh, hopscotch, um, and I, I l- listen, he he made. Mr. Hughes looked strong even though he lost because it was a count out. It wasn't a pin. So I yeah. I admire that.
2: So they they did a good finish to keep Mr. Hughes' win intact, his, his record, because he didn't get pinned. He got counted out. And, yeah, like you were saying, Tataka's kind of like a one-dimensional wrestler. He's got his zone.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: it's funny because at first when we saw Tataka, like starting this off, like man, the talk is pretty good. Then we kept seeing him more and more and more and realized he just does the same shit every match almost.
3: He's
0: he's the Native American John Cena.
2: I think John Cena's better than him.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: I gave it five a five moons
1: the five moons of ah ha ha ha. No, I'm just kidding. I can do that. <laughs> Mr. Hughes really N like like look- word.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I didn't say that. Go on. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Anyway, this...
2: Bing, bong, oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Mr. Hughes really needs, like, a smaller guy that's going to bump a lot for him. And, like, Tataka was not that guy.
0: You're not that guy. <laughs> guy. Sorry. That
3: Mr. Meme. Hughes
2: needs to be, like, the ring with, like, fucking Shawn Michaels or fucking Sean Waltman or or something.
1: He needs a little guy. He, he needs a David versus Goliath. He I'm hard. reading here. Apparently, again, spoilers, I guess, for those who didn't live through 90, 1993. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so they talked about how the, the match sets up so that nobody gets harmed. Like, you know, no one takes a loss or whatever. So Hughes can, like, still look kind of strong. But ironically, Hughes is actually going to get let go in, like, two or three weeks.
3: Oh. Yeah. Um.
1: So, yeah, sorry. I it was he, goes, bummer.
2: I he goes back to WCW
1: oh uh, okay that, that would make sense but yeah it's saying here that uh, like just the thing i'm reading that says that yeah they they don't know what they're doing with the tonka they're just letting him keep a winning streak and letting him just be like native american like crazy <laughs> man and then yeah hughes looks like he's kept strong here but that doesn't make sense because he gets fired uh it says he gets fired two weeks after this episode airs
2: damn
1: so that's i wonder what happened there that's that's weird but.
2: the undertaker killed him
1: I guess. You
0: probably <laughs> probably pissed in the urn. Yeah. In the urn. Can, he,
1: was
0: the keep, he was keeping drugs in the urn. By point <laughs> two out of ten.
2: you didn't have any commentary besides what you said?
0: Yeah, it's just I, I'm getting tired of the Tatanka Hulk mode. Um Hughes is awesome. Um he's still I, I think he's still good in this. Uh he took a really big fucking like when uh Tatanka Flipped him on the outside, like he fucking yeah. he dunked on that ground. Like even the kid that was like staring at him, like
2: ooh, like that. He deep, that much, he probably felt the impact when he hit the ground. He's a big guy.
0: His ass probably exploded like edges uh, when that happened. <laughs> um, and I don't know, like the whole reef thing is annoying. Like they, they're not even like acknowledging it that much. They're like, oh, there's a reef. <laughs> they just yeah. continue to match.
2: Uh I, I give it a five point three out of ten, so we're like right there.
0: <laughs> cool. Um I lost a lot of time again, another twelve hours. So uh I went to um
3: <laughs>
0: trying to say, I went to Iraq. Uh now all the ISIS and Taliban uh are uh tree huggers. They uh they don't bomb people anymore. They just uh they hug trees.
2: So Afghanistan's finally stable. Yes. Thank thank you for your service. Thank you for your service.
0: Thanks, Lex.
2: (laughs) Who is Lex Luger? That's like how this starts. It's like, who is Lex Luger? I'm like, I don't know. So they try to tell us. I
0: I used to play with CFL, and then I went to the USFL, and then I played with the Green Bay Packers, and then football, football, achievements. I hung out the wrong crowd, wrong crowd, (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like, you
2: keep zooming in on football and achievements.
0: Yeah.
1: You know what, though? I think that's what's so funny. Remember with the last one segment, we were talking about how they're trying to make him a little more identifiable, and that whole thing was like, yeah, well, I'm kind of like introverted, but I've been successful so that people just think that I'm arrogant. But then this next segment, I mean, again, of course, I haven't watched it, but I'm reading here and it kind of just goes word for word what happens. And he just literally just spends the entire time talking about all these things he did. And he just very briefly is like, Oh, I kicked out of school. But then I just, I just strolled right on and just played in a bunch of like professional football leagues. Like, and then was like, oh, I'm actually, I think I'll go back to school now and just become a fucking attorney. Cause that's just an easy thing to just go do. But I, <laughs> I got in the ring and I loved it. So I just became a professional wrestler instead. Well, I'm just glad you didn't decide to, to just go over there to, fucking cape canaveral and, and, and fly to the goddamn moon like apparently you can do everything
3: <laughs> <laughs> No wonder so unlikable. like
1: you're, we... you you're fucking prick no no wonder nobody like you you are a cocky son of a bitch just you probably think your your turns don't fucking smell bad <laughs> you know
0: what comes to m- you know what comes to mind when you say cape uh, canaveral um is like uh-huh. the the promo where he couldn't fit in that shirt like him trying to fit in like an astronaut uh, outfit.
3: It doesn't fit. It's too small. he stays
2: on. <laughs> I'm pissed now. And he just leaves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he like lives it leaves like mid spacewalk.
2: <laughs> That's the greatest Luger promo there ever was. That. <laughs> yes. It felt real. It felt real. <laughs> it was
1: real. He was really fucking mad
3: because
2: he couldn't fit. <laughs> uh, do you you got any in, more in depth commentary about the weird MK Ultra promo?
0: No, I just kept on like thinking like if I tried harder in school and like went to all these like uh, football leagues and then like went to Miami uh, school because I think he talks about Florida at some point uh, and yeah. talking about being a lawyer. I was like, man, if I want to be American and a Patriot, it's all about football and achievements and vegetables and uh vitamins. And vitamins, brother. Uh but like uh I have nothing to say. I just thought it was weird.
2: I've got things to say about it. Okay. So where where's my notes at for this particular thing? It's under there. So he, when he talks about how he gets into like wrestling or whatever, they just really briefly gloss over. It. He's like, I went to a WrestleMania one time and I thought, and my buddy said, Yeah, you could probably be a wrestler Lex. So, like, yeah, I just got in the ring and started doing like what Chaz was saying, where he just apparently he just do whatever the fuck he wants and it works out for him. <laughs> He's got maxed out luck or something along with maxed out strength.
0: I <laughs> bet you've I bet you've been you like told him like, I don't know, pal. Just tell your life story. And, like, he yeah. did. Uh, and it was weird. It, like, he autistically said it out loud, where he's like, Yeah, I went to all these football leagues and I didn't, I hung out with the wrong crowd. And then I wanted to become a lawyer. But then I went to WrestleMania and they were like, Why don't you be a wrestler? And he's like, Yeah, I guess I can. <laughs>
2: then, I'm like, yeah all this though raised a bunch of questions for me it just like it's just like batman forever my favorite movie of all time it just raises too many questions Uh, first first and foremost are we expected to just forget his debut as the narcissist and his run in that gimmick within the first four months of this year that wasn't that long ago and they never address it. They never address the fact that he was a fucking weird asshole that that was the narcissist and he stared at himself in a
3: mirror. Uh,
1: I, that's, that that goes right back to that whole wrestling fans are smooth brains because whether it, that's true or not, because it's up for debate. Vince McMahon definitely thought they were because he's like, I ah, just we're just going to turn you into Hulk Hogan two point That's what this is. We're just we're going to turn we're going to turn you into Hulk Hogan. Uh, the next Hulk, but, but Vince, they, they know I was out there. I was was a prick basically just wearing a thong and he's like, nah, it'll be fine.
2: So get out there. Tell me
1: the vegetables. (laughs) What
2: gets me about it was like, they they just don't address it at all. And they could have, they could have just had like one or two simple lines to really address it and fix it. It, He could have had Lex say, well, not, not verbatim, but I'm just spitballing. He's like, well, I, I used to be a prick. You know, everybody knows that before, but all that anti American rhetoric really got under my skin and I don't know what happened. Something just shot through me and I realized I have to do something, so I went out there and I did. And he's like everything seemed to change and fall into place after that for me.
1: Zach, you were you were trying to throw you're trying to throw a tennis ball of logic into a vacuum of of a void of space with which, with with which logic does not apply. <laughs> like
2: it was so easy it was so I, easy
1: too what the worst is actually from at least from what i'm reading is again i didn't hear it uh or watch it rather but from what i'm reading it again in looking at the first segment they kind of did half-ass try to address it because he he instead of but they did it in a way that an arrogant prick would do it he he didn't come out and say oh i'm, I'm sorry for how i acted before because i was kind of an ass but this happened, and I, I looked like I realized I had to change my ways. No, instead of what he did was, well, some people think I'm an asshole. Well, actually, I'm just really shy. Like, well, you know, someone that's shy doesn't dress dress like they're about to go uh, fucking dance at Chippendales and stare at themselves in the mirror all goddamn day. That's not how they. That's not how that works.
2: Somebody who's um, shy doesn't employ Bobby Heenan.
1: Yeah. Or. And, but then the, this, then he immediately goes into this thing, and he just spends all this time now in the second part of this talking about all of his accomplishments. And it sounds like he just glazes over, oh, yeah, I got in the wrong crowd and got kicked out of college. You know, for most people, that's that's where the story would end or, you know, their career would end. It's like, no, but I was good enough. I just went right to pros. Yeah. <laughs> like, Thanks. yeah. And then and he then was like, well, then that was over. I was like, you know what? I think I'll just go back to school and be an attorney, you know, uh, as in, I have to go back and go to undergrad and then do grad school, or and or law school. You know, it's, it just, yeah. Like again, we're we're getting into that territory of yeah, you you smell your own farts because you like how they smell. Like that's that's the territory we're in with his personality, <laughs> and that fits with the narcissist. So it's it's actually, if anything, they if they had done it the right way, they could have just tied right back into him just becoming the narcissist. And he was like, I was an asshole the whole time.
2: Yeah. Um, It is what it is. Secondly, it's like I know that we're still in the early 90s right now, and there's not really like a lot of smart marks, and there's not a lot of dirt sheets out there. There's just kind of like the Observer, and it was in paper form, and it was really hard to obtain back then because, I mean, I would argue that most of wrestling's audience currently in this period of time that we're looking at is kids, teenagers, and young adults. And, you know, a lot of these people still don't have fucking internet or anything. Mm. Uh, WCW is on cable television, and it has been up to this point for seven to eight years. And that's where Lex Luger spent the entire previous part of his career and was a top guy in WCW. He was a top guy. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And most hardcore wrestling fans would watch both products Mm -hmm. because when it it got on cable and it was national anybody could see it so I know Vince won't acknowledge WCW or anything like that even now it's still ridiculous to pretend that Lex Luger just appeared in a WWF ring and they're just waving that off and he was just a narcissist
3: Mm.
2: but that's not truly where he got his start Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's finally I get what they're trying to do, like what the dubs are saying. They're trying to make him like more relatable and shit. And
3: mm-hmm. The Lex
2: Express thing, that's a different approach altogether. I think that works better. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm wondering, like, why aren't they using Lex in any matches right now to help him get over as a babyface in the ring? Instead, he's just out of the ring the whole time. Like, we haven't seen Lex wrestle a match since King of the Ring when he was still an asshole.
0: I would have done I would have done something stupid. I would have had him like the Lex Express go into like every uh, hibachi fucking restaurants and stuff. Oh, and, Jesus. and be like, "See? Not all Japanese people are bad. <laughs> 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 they love America."
3: <laughs> oh. oh <laughs>
2: Let's see, that's the alternate uh universe version of like what okay. happened.
1: Or he goes like Dog the Bounty Hunter before Dog the Bounty Hunter exists. So he goes to all these places with a picture of Yokozuna holding a bowl of rice and he's like, have you seen this man? I'm looking for him. I'm and pissed now. Assuming that all Japanese people know each other. It was like that extra layer of racism uh, that Vince would have just like thought was hilarious. Oh, Jesus. Uh, that is, that's not all Japanese people. Are <laughs> It would be even better if he doesn't go to a Japanese restaurant. He goes to a Chinese restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) He would have Szechuan and he's like, see, they're not all bad. He doesn't doesn't even say Japanese. He just says,
3: they're not
2: all bad. Wow. That would have been, honestly, I would have top segment of the year. It would
3: have
2: been
1: terrible. The best way.
2: That puts a cap on the the Luger shit for now. Mm. Uh, You get Bushwhackers and the Macho Midget versus Blake Beverly, the Brooklyn Brawler, and a Midget, because they never said his name until the match started, and it was Little Louie. Little Louie. And he (laughs) had another great line here, and uh, you weren't here, Chaz, when we watched the Royal Rumble. The Bushwhackers had a fucking match with, like, I think it was the Beverly Brothers. Yeah. And him, Bobby Heenan, and fucking Gorilla Monsoon shit on their match and just talk shit about the Bushwhackers and everything incessantly until the match was over. (laughs) It was like one of the greatest things ever.
0: (laughs) I'm going to be frank. I'm going to be honest with you. I zoned out right after I saw Macho Midget and then Little Louie and then the Bushwhackers. And I was like... I'm just oh. gonna I'm just gonna listen to Bobby Heenan in the background talking shit. Um, I'm not watching this match, so I I didn't rate it.
2: That's fine. I did, and I still, mm. I got a couple little notes, but it's nothing major. Mm. Uh, I've got autism, so I forced myself to watch it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. I wanted to hear everyone's ratings on this because it it went past
2: the five minute mark. So. Yeah. So, like, yeah, Heenan was roasting them, but it wasn't anywhere near, like, the, the Royal Rumble match, you have to see it. You need oh, to go so back good. and just watch that match so you can hear them roast the fuck out of them. It's, like, Rumble, it's Rumble 93,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I don't recall that specific thing. I'll have to go back and watch that and listen, but it's I
2: really fun- watched
1: Rumble 93.
2: It's one of the funniest things I've seen ever. Like, <laughs> But uh, he says, he says, Well, you got two garbage collectors from New Zealand and a macho midget. Blah. that's like, (laughs) yeah, that's pretty much my fucking reaction to this. It didn't even start. (laughs) And then macho midget shows us he can dance. I wrote LOL. Like, it's ironic that I write LOL. Mm. Blake, Blake Beverly shaved his glorious mustache for some reason.
0: Yeah, I got pissed.
2: I was like, why the fuck did you do that? And then I'm like, where's Bo Beverly? Why is it he here? Why is the Brooklyn yeah. brawler here? Because <laughs> yeah, he sucks. And I was like, maybe he didn't want any of this on him. He heard like he heard they're putting us back with the bushwhackers. Like Blake told me, he was like, fuck, tell him I'm sick. I'm not coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, Blake deserves better than this, though. Damn it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, there's a bunch of goofy ass fake shit going on with the midgets where they crisscross each other and then. Little Louie keeps running after Macho Midget stops running. And it's, like, that shit that just exposes wrestling, and I fucking hate it.
0: <laughs> there's a, there's a part, like, I don't know if there was like, miscommunication or a botch, but, like, Macho Midget, like, gets down on the knees, and usually what you'll do is the other guy would push and then, like, fall over. Yeah, And yeah. And the, the other midget, Little Louie, like, just didn't listen. He was, like, still talking midget smack. Uh, talk whatever what midgets do
3: um yeah i was was
0: really
1: insensitive i'm sorry to you
2: lps (laughs) i mean we did talk about lex Luger go to a chinese restaurant saying not all japanese people are bad
3: already
0: i mean we just we started off the episode with ice iced tea Telling his his uh, character son that it, that means he's gay. Uh,
3: <laughs> so, that's just
2: an iconic moment in acting.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah that's all it is. I heard you say that 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 whole segment is technically the truth, but I so I don't know what was wrong with that. I'm confused. Uh, uh, no,
2: ah,
1: he's gay. You gay. <laughs> that means he's gay.
2: This is this is like just such Vince shit that's going on in this match. Shit that you know he fucking finds hilarious. I got
0: visibly angry um uh i never i i, I
2: never got
1: upset too. i got upset
0: too <laughs> i never eat... got,
1: can I read this thing to you guys oh, sh- <laughs> the, sure. the, the review thing i'm looking at it, it's breaking down the match in the very first sentence i kid you not it says the macho midget dances like like a, a goon and vince cackles like a fucking moron <laughs> first <laughs> sentence in the description of what happens.
3: yeah
0: <laughs> i i guarantee you like Vince brought up the idea to the, uh, to the to the macho midget, but macho man, like, hey, your surprise is going to be this midget guy, uh, and then like,
2: Ooh, a midget? Mm- no, I don't know about that.
0: Man. I don't know, but uh, Vince, I might what go to WCW. Oh yeah, dig it. Uh, you're not it. <laughs> uh, and then Vince just put it to a, eleven. He's like, you know what? You know a kid brother. I'm, why am I doing Hulk Hogan? Vince is like, it. yeah. Vince is like, we're gonna fucking milk the shit out of this, and that's what he does.
2: Yeah, there's more. Actually, actually. it okay.
1: actually had nothing to do with that. It had to do with Slim Jims.
2: <laughs> they well, so- no, yeah. hear me
1: out. No, hear me out. They were about to make the mini Slim Jim. Oh. They came. They came to him, and they were like, w- "We need, we need another one of you." Oh to help
3: yeah! It. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, what uh, do not want to try to. I was about to do an Alvin in the Chipmunks voice of snap into a Slim jam. Just not even gonna.
2: I, I, can't. I can't. I my voice can't go that high. Slim so, uh, uh, hold on, hold on. across Slim Jim. Never gonna Slim Jim. That's more like a, a gremlin than a fucking
1: gremlin chipmunk. <laughs> a gr- no gremlin. The gremlin. It's like. Oh, what's the uh? Oh, bright light, bright light. Right. What's yeah? Bright, okay, that's fair. It, it's kind of like Gizmo what's the one always say, lum, 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 spike that's that's <laughs> no no the spike the one that like has the french case, the thing. <laughs> <laughs> he, he always like when he's eating he goes yeah meow meow meow. i mean he sounds like, kind of like Gollum. he
0: does i'm trying to do meat wine oh <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh,
1: man that's a shit
0: <laughs>
1: <dig it. laughs>
2: how are
3: yeah,
2: you man, we're gonna snaple to a sliver of them. How are you? Something happens, to that guy. You might have a job. <laughs> shit. Is that is that actually okay? Yeah, How it's good. good. Actually, he's like, <laughs> Ugh, that's a shit. There you so. go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there's a new rule. If there's like a shit-ass match and you, you really want to talk about it, you have to use the meatwad voice the whole time. <laughs> oh,
1: God. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't done it's just a pile of meat shit. I, was I have to go over the match. That's, meat wad. That's fair. That's pretty good.
2: Okay. Uh, <laughs> Blake, Blake and one of the whackers work a little bit. They do a couple moves. There is wrestling for like 30 seconds. And then there's more chaos and bullshit, and then the brawler comes in, and he gets beaten up, and then the Bushwaggers hit a double DET on him, and then they all stop, and they're just like, "All right, no, you do it! You pit him! They tell the Macho Midget to pit him, so once he do? he gets up on top rope, and he does a tadpole, a tadpole splash for three. <laughs> Fuck, this was lame, and I gave it three out of ten because it made me angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah yeah. it's it's not a frog splash it's a tadpole splash (sighs) so we come back from break and at this point I was kind of upset and then the ring's full of people and it's contract signing time and then Yokozuna comes out with Mr. Fuji and then Jim Cornette just suddenly shows up they're like oh boy they've hired Corny as the American spokesperson for Yokozuna oh
3: shit
2: That's where part of my my promo came from, where Cordette says that the Japanese people are the most honest, hardworking, industrious, respectful, motivated people who are masters of trade and commerce. I wrote that down verbatim, (laughs) and he gets a bunch of fucking heat for saying that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, of course he is. I have a question. It says here that Jack Tunney and Bruce Pritchard are also in the ring. Is Bruce Pritchard in Brother Love gear, or is he just as Bruce Pritchard?
2: He's just he's just Bruce. He's just Bruce Pritchard.
1: Oh, okay, oh. you know, Brother
2: Love always wore wear the fucking white suit. And he's got
1: like the crazy like sunburn face and all that.
2: Yeah, he I love you. I hate that. I, I
0: fucking hate that gimmick.
2: I never liked it either. I don't yeah. know. He thinks it was the best thing ever, though.
0: Oh, that's that's him. <laughs>
2: Bruce, Bruce Pritchard. Jim claims that they've been at a disadvantage here the entire time because of the interpreters and lawyers furnished to them by Jack Tunney and the WWF they've been subpar that crooked Jack Tunney and then Vince <laughs> goes how dare you and then Jim says I do dare just like he always does and he points at Jack Tunney <laughs> <laughs> he accused him of shit right there and he keeps bringing up the fact that like Jack Tunney makes fucked up contracts for matches or makes fucked up weird decisions all the time which that, that has happened in the past uh, and then Vince introduces Lex Luger as like the man who slammed Yokozuna on the USS Intrepid on America's birthday and I'm like that's a hell of an introduction actually comes down they sign contracts and they kind of face off for a little bit
0: Wait no you got to bring up when Jim Cornette reads the fucking contract uh, did, 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 did. Right. everything checks out
2: <laughs> Yeah he just like speed reads it well if he if he reads as fast as he talks he probably did read that whole page
0: Oh no I loved it I loved how he did cuz you know that that will piss off, like, a, a group of people. He didn't read it. What is he doing?
2: <laughs> he, it's little things he does. It's all psychology shit. He just piss people off. He, he takes every chance he can to make somebody mad <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> but, yeah, they all sign it, and then they face off, and then it looks like they're about to fight, and then Cornette interjects. He, he lets Lex know there's a provision in the contract where if he blows this match, he won't get a rematch. So he has to win. This is like his only opportunity. is so, like, whoa, this puts extra pressure on And we know what happens. He doesn't fucking win. Only
1: He's one trying. chance to face Junkers in for the title. Boy, that age is like fucking milk.
0: Wait, this is, <laughs> this is where Cody Rhodes got the bu- uh, booking, huh? From the Lex yeah. Luger
2: <laughs> <laughs> This is where he got that America versus Britain idea from. <laughs> 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 <What>? <laughs>
1: The industrious Japanese.
2: The industrious British, known for their excellent dental hygiene. (laughs) Lex says he doesn't care because he just needs one shot. And I'm like, oh boy. And this kind of fires up the crowd, actually. And Lex gets some chant USA. Like, he fires up and it works. Even though, like Dub says, it's not really a good promo. No,
0: I laughed. Like... it's not good because he said he. All I did is one shot, one opportunity. Would you let it slip? And I just started doing the fucking Slim Shady, this mom, mom spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: all
1: just sweaty. Yeah.
0: Because <laughs> he well, says it the, the exact line.
1: <laughs> it does yeah. that was before? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, shit, does that mean? Does that mean that it, it, it was, was actually Alex elect, Mark?
3: Probably. Yeah. Has oh to be. shit.
1: Uh, yeah, that's how the timeline works. So that or Eminem's a time traveler.
2: So despite that, despite Lex's awkwardness on a promo, I I think he can cut a better heel promo.
0: Yes. Uh, uh I think I think Cornet. Yeah, he's still over. And Cornette kind of puts him a little bit over too because he sets him up. He goes, yeah. you know, I'm gonna there's this if you lose, you, you, that's it. You're going to scrape it at the bottom of the barrel, bitch. He didn't say bitch, but that's what he meant. Uh, and then he, like, hands the microphone and then he does the Eminem thing uh, and, like, talks about opportunity here in America because that's true, right? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, and uh, then he's just like, I'm going to beat you. And the USA to happen. And I'm like, okay, America...
2: I'm gonna bring the belt back to America. I'm like, Yokozuna comes to America to work every fucking day for this company. What was it didn't leave America?
0: (laughs) (laughs) What was American Video Game Company in in the nineties? Midway. What if he just straight up said Midway is better than fucking Capcom or something? (laughs) Or like uh Square. Say that? Yeah. No no, if Lex Luger said that. (laughs) Like Midway's better than Square Enix or whatever.
2: Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, video games weren't that mainstream just yet, so they don't know
3: how to move over it. Mm.
1: So Football's yeah. better than soccer. That's, that's about your best analogy
2: there. That was or, the, the the segment. That was the, set, the signing. I don't know, after seeing this, I don't know why Vince got cold feet because of the reaction Luger got despite weird MK Ultra promos and fucking this, you know, his awkward delivery as a babyface. It's like, this other shit still works. You
1: know, ironically, if Luger would have went back to school and become an attorney and then come to WWE, he probably would have been able to cut a better promo.
2: Could he have been the first wrestling attorney? I
1: mean, no. Objection. I mean, I mean, I guess he could have. He, he won't now because you have David Otunga, but that's a whole different that's
2: thing. That's he could have. Man, he would yeah. have been a better wrestling attorney, too, because David Otunga was shits.
0: Side note, uh, the acclaimed, not Max Caster, uh, the other guy. Boat? Yeah, he, lo- he looks like David Otunga a little bit. Just a yeah, little bit. Yeah,
2: like he's like David Otunga, except better. Yeah. Yeah. He <laughs>
1: could be a lot younger, though, too, but... Uh... But yeah,
2: it looks similar. He's similar haircut and facial features. But. Mm. So, Dub, you got any other comments about this segment?
0: Uh, no, just really sad that uh, it's walking into. like a, It's kind of like, you know when you go to a fair um, and you eat so much of the deep-fried Oreos and then you go to the Gravitron and then you like like, oh, these Oreos are so good, but let me go on this ride. You know the ride's going to make you puke and that's what's going to happen at SummerSlam. <laughs> yes.
1: It's just like that car accident that you're like, oh shit, I can't look away but like it hasn't happened yet, but you can see the car that's coming. The drunk driver like three blocks away is just gonna smash into that fucking kid on a bicycle.
0: Or like you're a time traveler, um, right before uh I almost said Paul White, uh what's the guy's name from fucking uh, uh Fast and the Furious, Paul Walker. Paul, Paul Walker, Walker, right before he crashes be like, Wait, don't watch out And he just does it anyway, and you're like, man, I couldn't stop it.
2: (laughs) I was was thinking about hitting an iceberg. That's that's what I was. You see, you know it's coming. You see it coming. Mm -hmm. It's too this ship's too fucking big and cumbersome, and it's gonna hit it. (laughs) But now we're going to Razor Ramon versus uh, Boomhauer. (laughs) This (laughs) guy.
1: It, you know what I mean I talked about that man, give me a microphone I'm wrestling I raise my mouth
2: it's like Scarface well do you Did know they,
0: Dan oh. Dan Dubel Dubel
2: du, Dubel I think is how they said his name yeah. Dan, Dan Dubel I wrote Dan Dubel looks like Boomhauer with a mullet and a singlet that's literally what he looks like
0: <laughs> I wrote this guy should be on Reno 911 <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, what you meant to say is Boomhauer
2: should have been a, a recurring character. <laughs> yes. Yeah, man. Fight <laughs> <laughs> Razor Ramon and can fucking toss me like a sack of shit yeah. slam.
0: Yeah, right, 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 main right. right, right Anything oh, you say can be new to North corner. Come to like
2: that with the old Razor's head, man, just like he's cutting the cocaine, man. Dang, this is good old shit. <laughs> <laughs> my
1: My favorite thing in the world. Since we're talking about Boomhauer, is like one just random time. If you pay attention, he he always brings like random philosophical shit, just like one-liners. And one time he's talking to somebody, I think about suicide or what happens after they die, and he goes, "I don't know, man. I heard things. is crazy, man. You know, mean life's forty-two. Just fucking makes a a reference to Hitchhiker's Guide just out of fucking nowhere with no context, and he just makes move on. It's like my favorite things about King of the Hill, but but anyway,
2: there's so many good things about that show.
1: Oh, it's great, but it's my favorite
2: Boomhauer line. It's the main last four, too. So, Ranger (laughs) gets Boomhauer in the corner, and he chops him a few times. And he doesn't sell it at all. And I know it pisses Vince off, because uh, uh, Cornette said on his podcast, one of the things that Vince fucking hates that people will do is when they get put in the corner and they're getting, like, attacked, you know, they can either be getting stri- strikes or they're choking them or they're choking them with the foot or whatever the fuck, and they're just hanging onto the ropes and not moving or reacting any. And I was like, he got pissed right there. It pissed me off, too, because it looked fucking fake. Mm. <laughs> so, so I think Razor peeled him out of the corner as hard as he could on purpose because he wouldn't fucking sell. <laughs> Stand back in some bitch. That's what it looked like. He tossed that fucking guy over two-thirds of the way across the ring. <laughs> he went from Boomhauer
1: to Dale mid-match. He's in pocket <laughs> sand.
3: Yeah.
2: And then he had to so fall away from him and he, he stomps the shit out of him for a while and he puts him in the abdominal stretch and a couple other holds and he fucks with him a little bit. And Then Razor does the back superplex, which was, nah, I think he could have just pinned him off of that. But no, he has to hit the razor's edge for three. Yes, squash.
0: Yeah, squash. And my favorite part in the beginning is like you know when he was heel, like he'd be like, "Don't fucking lose my chains," and then he'll like throw his uh, toothpick really hard. This time he just smiles and says, "Don't lose it," and then he light and he lightly throws his toothpick. <laughs> so that's when yeah. you know when he's face.
2: Like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, "Don't lose it, you little scamp." That's what I was getting ready to say. This is Razor's first match after turning babyface, mm-hmm. and it's a great example of a turn because he's done very little in terms of changing his demeanor and his behavior. Little goes a long way. It's just little subtle things. When he hands the guys chains, Chico, he's like, "Be careful with that, man." It it, rem- <laughs> it
0: it reminds me when I used to work at a grocery store. We used to have this like X. <laughs> Felon or whatever, and like he was the nicest dude to talk to, but once you cross his path, like he turns fucking violent and shit, and like angry. And I go, so that so I I, I jokingly because he watched wrestling, and I said, so this is your face gimmick. And that other, what I saw is he's like, yeah, <laughs> I'm more of a heel when I'm a dick. I'm like, good man, don't kill no one, but good man. <laughs> I don't know if he killed anybody.
2: So there's a quick SummerSlam report, but it's not no new information is given to us. It's just me and Gene going over the card again.
0: Giant Gonzalez is making me sick, but yeah.
2: <laughs> just wait. Mm. <laughs> uh, then we get the heavenly bodies with Jim Cornette against Bobby Who and Mike B- Buki? Bucci? Mm-hmm. Bucci. Bucci. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jim's in the ring already. And he's like, "This, these are the objects of every American woman's lust—the heavenly bodies." That's what he says. (laughs) And and then they come out, and then like, you got Doctor Tom, and he's got the big hair. He has a luxurious mane of hair, Doctor Topper, and he's always fucking fluffing it. And I don't blame him.
0: It's a good heel gimmick. I love it. it.
2: I think only one man a century could have hair like that for real. (laughs) And then Jimmy Del Rey, though, is what gets me because Jimmy Del Rey looks like the sleaziest motherfucker you'd ever see. He's just like this ginger dude. He looks like a fucking redneck from Tennessee who thinks he's hot shit. He's got like a ginger mullet and like a little fucking asshole mustache, and he does this wiggle. He did, he's got this little dance move where he does like this fucking wiggle thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fucking hilarious. You just gotta see it. <laughs> but, uh, and then the match starts and, uh, Vince references really quickly that Cornette had an ordeal in Beckley, West Virginia, recently. Which was real. <laughs> like, Smoky Mountain had a show there, and then like, there was a fan altercation where he attacked a fan for attacking him. He whacked the dude with the tennis racket. It's, it, it happens. That um, sounds
1: about right in Beckley, West Virginia. It's it's back in my stomping ground. It's like an hour from my hometown.
2: Yeah, it's a couple hours away from me. Like mm-hmm. I think about three.
1: But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, yeah, but it's like two, two and a half from Huntington. Yeah,
2: like. Uh, was a big incident though it caused the police get involved and there was a lawsuit actually and that whole case is actually in the textbooks for like prospecting lawyers to study for the bar exam that's one of the fucking case studies in there is the incident in Beckley West Virginia for smoking out wrestling where Jim Cornette hit a guy in the head with a fucking tennis racket <laughs> <laughs> but uh anyway Dr, Dr. Tom starts out with who and he hits like a slick blind tag real quick, where Tom shoots the guy off, and then Jimmy comes in, and the guy's watching Doctor Tom coming off the ropes, and Jimmy Del Ray comes in, super kicks him in the back of the fucking head, and then he just hits a DDT off of him, stumbling forward. Doctor Tom catches him, DDTs him. I was like, oh shit! This pretty cool.
0: This is new tag style in in WWF, in my opinion, because it had a different flow. Than what we used to see because usually we see the Steiners and then we saw Money Inc. It's usually like Pound Town pretty much not not in a gay way by the way but Pound Town in a uh, you know beating the shit out of each other. This it's one. Okay, they,
2: if you want to go to Pound Town, that's what you want to do. Yeah, that's fine.
0: Day. If you if you want to, if you want to do that, it's fine. I don't care. I just like to say it that way. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I just love that it, it felt silky smooth. It kind of felt like uh Too Cold Scorpio and uh, Marcus Alexander Bagwell a little bit. Yeah.
2: Well, those guys wrestle uh, what uh, Cornette would call Southern style, I guess, which the tag team wrestling they would do in the Southern territories tended to be more like that, unless you were like a road warriors team or something. Mm. Uh, Probably argue that's how, you know, the brain busters would work. Like whoever Arn was tagging with, they'd kind of work like that too. Unless you're Paul Roma and you're awkward as fuck, yeah. (laughs) But uh, Del Rey works over who for a bit. He hits some good punches and he shoots who off, and he hits like a great float over DDT. That that's the first time I've seen somebody do that before the Rock does it. Yeah, I'm sure somebody does it like in the '80s or something that I don't know about or even earlier, but that's the earliest I've seen it done. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Uh. Then he drags this dweeb to the corner and makes him tag out. <laughs> they beat on Bucci for a bit. And then Jimmy tags Dr. Tom, and he shoots Bucci off, and they hit a sidewalk slam, and Dr. Tom drops the knee. He does an examination on his face with his fucking knee. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Tom hits some chops. Jimmy gets back in. They hit a double suplex, and the camera cuts the cornet out in the floor, and he's, like, yelling about the Steiners, and he's calling them cowards and shit. And then he like he's like he's yelling at the crowd and then he turns back around to face the ring and he, get, he yells oh my god and like he cuts back through the ring <laughs> and you see jimmy del rey's perched on the top rope facing back his backs facing the opponent and tom's holding him up and he hits a moonsault on this guy and pins him for three yeah that was Damn. sick
0: that was really sick
2: I loved his reaction, too. He's just like, oh, my God! Like, he knew what was about to happen, and he thought it was, like, the best thing ever. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. He sold it. He sold it really well.
2: The way he pinned him was like a fucking boss, too. It's like he just... He totally, like, rolled through, rolled the guy up, and was just like, yeah, like, he flexed and shit. It was ridiculous. Mm
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Squash. Squash. They didn't hit a a lick offense. It was a squash. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... Cornet grabs the mic after the match. He calls out the Steiners again. And then he ends it with, why don't you people quit hanging around and freeloading and get a job? And he's fucking it. <laughs> <laughs> calls them all fucking bumps. <laughs> oh, God damn. Uh, get fun to-
1: fact for you. I'll go oh, ahead yeah. finish. You're good. Finish I'll think you're done.
2: Uh, Yeah, so there's is a couple things that are left. It's just building up the show for next week. Nothing else happens here.
3: Okay. Uh,
2: it's they show that there's going to be a show before SummerSlam called SummerSlam Spectacular. It's like the day before SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. It shows Yokozuna is going to face Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And then the Steiner brothers are going to face Money Inc. And I'm like, and I it's don't Steel know. Cage. It's Steel Cage. I forgot about that yeah. part. Steel Cage. So Steel Cage. I don't know if it's going to be on the network I got to check.
0: I'll find it. If I find it, like on, like how I used to watch uh, our shows on YouTube, sometimes they would put the match on there. If I find it, I'll, I'll post it and we'll talk about it.
2: Yeah. We might modify our schedule to include it. If Mm. we can find it. Uh, then we get told that next week we're going to have a special interview with giant Gonzalez. Uh, and hopefully Harvey Whippleman will be doing the talking. (laughs) And Ludwig Borga will be debuting. And I'm like, Joy, I don't know if you fucking know Ludwig Borga or you remember him, but he's boring as shit.
1: Uh-huh. Um, I see here that men on a mission are also coming back.
2: And I'm like, okay, you're getting me back. And then it was IRS versus El Matador. I'm like, okay, that might be okay. I mean, I like I like uh, Tito Santana.
1: You ready for this? I see this. It says that they, they tease it, but then it, in quotes, it says it never happened. So I'm guessing the IRS El Matador match actually gets canceled.
2: Maybe I think IRS is injured, so yeah. he's like, "My my elbow hurts." I don't want we're at work, and they're just like, "Okay." Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: uh,
2: one, two, three, kid versus Ted DiBiase, and I'm like, "They wow, they pretty much laid out all of next week's episode just right there, which is very unusual for them to do. They're so on a mission. On a mission. What That's, was
0: your fun so- fact, by the way, Chaz?
1: Oh, so uh, yes, uh, Mr. Uh, what was his name, Bucci? Mike Bucci. Bucci. I don't know if you guys recognize him or not, I, but I just only know because it, it came up here. Apparently, he went on later to become Nova, and then Simon Dean. You guys remember that?
3: Oh,
1: oh my god! That comes out, it fucking was like everybody work out. I'm the best. I'm the I'm the best trainer. And if people had to beat him up, like yeah, so that's that's who that guy is.
2: Makes sense. Then yeah. saw Richard Simmons and hated him and thought he could make a gimmick out of somebody.
1: It's it's literally what it is. He was like, I bet I can make people fucking hate this guy as much as I hate the real one.
2: And it kind of worked.
1: Mm-hmm. It did. yeah yeah He was it he it was definitely something people wanted to see. Um, they wanted to see him get punched in the face, so it did work.
2: Um, these are my final notes about this one. The Lex Luger interview series. I don't think it's helping. No. But it Seems to be over in spite of that.
0: It's causing a lot of uh, activated uh, people.
1: Oh, would you say that it's causing a lot of unnecessary ruthless aggression?
0: Yes, possibly. And it uh, injects the poison in me.
2: A lethal dose of poison. <laughs> <laughs> talk to the bushwhackers in the midget stuff pissed me off. Yeah. Signing and the reveal of Jim Cordette being Yokozu and Mr. Fuji spokesperson helped. It, it helped offset those feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heavenly Bodies are a solid tag team. I'm looking forward to this match with the Steiners and seeing more of them and uh, Jim Cornette on my TV. Uh overall it's a meh ish show, unfortunately, because of some things. Yeah. I get four point seven out of ten.
0: Ooh you, oh, you, wow. you were oh, wow. You were actually uh lower than me. Um I thought the show was okay in the beginning and then when it hit the bushwhackers I was like, no, Uh, and then the Lex Luger I was like oh my god Um, stop talking Uh, and then I was like Razor Ramon uh, I was like cool I mean that's a cool squash on how he won Uh, the Jim Cornette thing is what saved it for me Uh, and I like that the heavenly bodies are with Jim Cornette here Uh, can't wait to see them face the Steiners if that's coming up um, and trying to think what else. And I, 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 I gave him points for like hyping up for next week. Cause they did a lot of hyping at the end, probably cause the show was shit. Uh, I give it a 5.75 out of 10. Whoa. It's
3: Listen, I hate
2: the Bushwaggers a lot. Mm. And like the first, the opening match didn't help matters because it was just kind of, yeah, mm-hmm. there. You know,
1: have we, have we ever talked about the Bushwhackers?
2: We have, but not with you. Mm.
1: Okay, so yeah, man, boy, it's a hot take. Now, my opinions of them now have changed. Nostalgia aside, just like because going back and watching it does not age well at all. But when I was a little kid, I fucking loved the Bushwhackers, but not in the way that I like other wrestlers. I just thought they were goofy. Yeah. But like, yeah, I grew up. I was like, well, that's really fucking stupid. Like, versus, like, I have nostalgia for other wrestlers, so I get it now. I'd hate them, but yeah, I, I, I used to, I had their little action figures, and I was like, I remember doing that shit when I was a kid. Uh, now, when I say kid, I mean I was like four or five.
0: I just thought that I was more of a macho man. Obviously, uh, bushwhackers. I always thought they were fucking weird, uh, even when I was a kid. Uh, I kind of linked them together, like Backstreet Boys and and Sync. I'm um, and I. It's
1: <laughs>
2: like two, they're two different,
0: like exactly. But I linked them into one count, word.
2: Bro. That's three count. <laughs> Wcw. That's later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> listen, I listen. My childhood was fucked up because. Back when
1: were you th- introduced to the Bushwhackers? That's what I'm trying to figure out.
0: What I'm trying to get at is because I remember in the '90s, like if 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 you were a boy that liked NSYNC or Backstreet Boys, you were gay. Uh, yeah. So I just linked them to to the NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. That's how I'm fucked up. Uh, if you like the
1: Bushwhackers, you're gay.
3: mhm yeah, okay.
1: you, you show them that video of Ice T. Like, not you gay. That means
3: not you're gay.
2: gay. It means you're gay if you like the Bushwhackers. I think you're gay.
1: See, I guess I, I didn't have a problem with that as a kid. I, I was like, because I totally, the same thing. It's like, oh, yeah, you must be gay if you be like this. It's like, nope, I just, I think it sounds good. I like it. And then I just, I hung out with girls. And it turns out later that was a, a lot easier way to, like, move on and actually date and all that other stuff. But,
0: I have relationships yeah. with boy bands and sex with yeah, the bushwhackers. Well, that means you're gay. <laughs> <laughs> sex
1: with- Sex with a bushwhacker, that sounds like you're fucking masochist, is what that sounds like. Sounds
0: it's rough. Sounds like a it lot does. of biting and uh, never just,
1: mind. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I don't know. A biter. I don't
2: know. Yeah, exactly. Licking and biting and noogieing. Noogie?
3: Ugh. Oh,
0: my, oh my. Anal <laughs>
2: bleeding. Uh, anal <laughs> bleeding from the noogie.
3: Hashtag anal
1: noogie.
3: <laughs> Anal noogie. <laughs> anal noogie. Oh no. <laughs> oh god. Uh,
1: Oh, goodness. My Google search history is going to look fucking weird tonight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, any any final thoughts before we move on or end the show, I should say?
2: Um, No. I think uh, I was trying to pull up what was next so we can talk about that unless you happen to have it up.
0: I don't have – hold on. I'll bring it up real quick. Oh, god damn it, fucking Google Docs. You had to move. I was trying to click on Bret Hart, you fuck. Uh, there we okay, go.
2: Sir. Okay, sounds like you beat me.
1: Man, this time I'll make sure to watch everything I'm supposed to watch.
0: Oh, yeah. Homework. I got homework for Chaz here. Um, Shit. you got to watch this episode. You don't need to go, uh, uh, you know, match for match. Just pick out your best and if you agreed or disagreed with us. Uh,
1: oh, sure. It- I, I plan, on, yeah, I plan on going back. If anything, just to watch the cornet stuff and then to watch the, uh, um, uh, a heavenly bodies match and then also to 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 maybe get reactivated by lastly
0: <laughs> oh so we actually do have a WCW Clash of Champions um so we had actually no I lied I lied I'm sorry I'm a fucking liar I went ahead a week uh actually no I'm god damn it
3: fuck fuck your life bing Bong.
0: Uh, I'm trusting
2: you to do this
0: <laughs> August 16th monday night raw and then august 18th is clash of champions for wcw yeah so So we
2: get a little little taste of wcw at least for this month
0: and Uh, i it is going to be a a pay-per-view or whatever their whatever special that they had in the middle of the week yeah
2: it's like when tony khan tries to do the battle the belts or whatever the fuck
0: So, we're going to have three hours of wrestling. So, if if any news does happen, we're going to be spilling it into big trouble. Andy's just going to have to fucking bite the bullet and listen to us talk wrestling. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. I think we're going to end the the raw dogging for tonight because of anal bleeding. Um, So, if you want to catch more getting some color, make sure you go on all podcast services like... Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, uh, Your Mother's Ass, uh, and also if you want to watch Big Trouble Podcast, what is the next Dracula movie?
2: It's Universal Studios Dracula from 1931 with Bela Lugosi and featuring other genetic defects that nobody cares about.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Remember to watch that and then uh, listen to us on Tuesday. But until next time, everybody. Remember to get some color.
2: Bye.